Ladies and gentlemen, jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios in northwest Pennsylvania. I want to thank each and every one of you for joining us. Thank you for your belief and trust in us. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's war out there. War has been declared against the truth. Well, it's always, I shouldn't say it just has been declared. It hasn't just been declared. It has uh, gone sideways and, and it's asymmetrical in nature. And, you know, uh, about three or four years ago, I wrote a column that appeared on Canada Free Press and elsewhere that stated uh, it's time to choose which side you're going to be on. And I, I say that again today. Everybody is going to have to choose the side that they cho- that they wish to be on. Are you going to stand up for what you believe in, for your principles, for the truth, integrity? Or are you going to acquiesce or be a milk toast in this war? You, you got really three choices. You either can lead, you can follow, or you can get the hell out of our way. Simple as that. Because we are, we are going for the truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God. And I can speak for Joe in that the Hagman report stands for truth. We are Searching for that truth, and we will expose the machinations of the evildoers every chance we get. And one of the one of uh, the foremost uh, individuals in the quest for truth and the exposure of evil in this new media platform is John B. Wells. John B. Wells of Caravan of Midnight fame. Y- you know him, and I'll tell you something. If being in the trenches with a man like John B. Wells, it's an honor to be in those in those trenches with him. He's coming. He's he's. Uh, let me know when when he's available. We're still waiting for him to to to, uh, to call, and he's going to be with us for this segment. And um, of course, you know, again, he's the the uh, the voice behind the ultra popular Caravan to Midnight radio show. He was on uh, Coast to Coast AM, and then he wasn't. For many of the same reasons, the backstory. You see, see, people talk with authority over backstory, over over what they might see and read on, read in the paper or see on television, the mainstream corporate media. Oh no, 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 no. You don't know. But the biggest critics are are the least fact based critics. The biggest mouthpieces of mush are the least informed. I could tell you that flat out. As Dave Dobmeyer says, Coach Dave Dobmeyer, pass assault, Coach Dave live. I love that guy. If I called him up today and said, hey, Coach, man, you know, we're under attack. You know, he'd say, he'd say, what do you expect? We're in a war. Quit your whining. That's why I love him. We are in a war. 
And again, one of the warriors for truth is John B. Wells, Caravan to Midnight. A man, again, to reiterate, a man I am proud to be in the trenches with. Joe and I are both proud to be in the trenches with, side by side. If you, if, folks, if you haven't subscribed to Caravan to Midnight, I would urge everyone to support Caravan to Midnight. By supporting Caravan to Midnight, you're supporting all of us. You're supporting the truth. You're supporting the, uh, the road to, to, to inform others. We're all in this together. And again, you've got to pick your side. Not pick your seat, not pick your nose, but pick your side. It's time. If you haven't done so already, in case you haven't taken the temperature outside, it's getting hot. And it's only going to get hotter. Without further ado, John B. Wells, Caravan to Midnight. John, how are you, sir? I'm doing all right. How are you, Doug? Feeling froggy today, John. I'm feeling a little froggy myself, I'll tell you. Um, I'm feeling froggy, but I'm starting to get that Jack Nicholson permanently bleep-faced look in the eyes now. Because I'll, I'll tell you, lately it's just been a continual stream of treachery, betrayal, uh, let's see, global disaster, terrorism, financial collapse, and, of course, Armageddon. So, uh, in, in, in other words, in other words, just another Thursday, right? <laughs> it's just another Thursday. Just living the dream, right? <laughs> trying to get there. You go. Trying to get to the the, the the answer to the big three letter question: W H Y. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You, you know, it's it's. Uh, you know, I, I'm. We're watching and experiencing things unfold here. As you point out, the treachery. I mean, the the. the um, I mean, where do you even? It, John, where do you even start? You know, uh, you, you look at the landscape of uh, news headlines and stuff. Where do you even start? Um, what's well, foremost right now on your radar? I'll tell you the truth. You know, Doug, it started for me, and maybe people have heard me tell the story before, if it's so poor. Uh, out of uh, consideration to those who have heard it, I'll, I'll be brief, but, but I'll, keep the, I'll keep the main points here. When I saw the... Uh, I just happened, it was odd that I should turn on television that day, and I saw what happened at the uh, Branch Davidian uh, compound. And uh, watching this live stream for a television, from a, live, from a television station that was a client of mine for 25 years, and that would be WFAA TV Channel 8 in Dallas, Texas. And I'm thinking to myself, hmm, it says live down in the right, lower right corner of the screen, and yet... There is no doubt in my mind that this video feed is being, well, edited. Now, the other question is, how did they get so close? They must be using one heck of a lens to get in that close. And the other thing is, and the other thing is, um, how do they happen to be doing this at second story? It's the roof of the first story. How do they have their camera almost as though it's on a dolly? You know, pointing right at these guys. So, okay, this can be done. But the most disturbing part, I'm going to have to make a move here so it'll get noisy for just a second. I'm sorry, because I'm still in the field, no so to speak. Um, my big question was, why is this station that is the one you trust for all the news you need to know, why am I seeing edits in this live stream? Then when I went down there and asked somebody about it, 
they just went quiet. They got that look on their faces like, don't, just, just, just don't ask. Then, as the years went by, and as I'm sure you're aware, the years are just flying by. A week is like a blink of an eye, and a month is two blinks, and a year is like a one short nap, and it's the next year. The old conservative guard, the general manager and uh, the creative director and this and that, uh, they, they were all replaced by people who, the moment that I saw these people after I had gone out to Los Angeles, I went out to Los Angeles and flew around out there to see what kind of opportunities might present themselves. And I don't think that good things did, but I became aware very quickly that anything that even suggested a conservative point of view as the label goes, and it's really nothing more than a label now, uh, you're not going to be doing much work out there. So after that point of situation, I was happy I'd had my LA experience and I went back to Dallas and, and the attitude at that station had changed dramatically. And uh, there was a TV station downstairs and an AM and an FM upstairs and right across the driveway was a newspaper. And Wiley was a somewhat, uh, a, well, it wasn't somewhat, it was a bastion of, of uh, you know, logical, uh, conservative ideology they were just interested in the facts and they did a good job at it but it had totally shifted to something else and now they've divested themselves of the radio uh, stations years ago and maybe the, the, TV, the uh, newspaper as well but the Dallas Morning News biggest paper in town and in fact really the only paper in town you can't really count the Dallas Observer but it used to be the Dallas Times Herald they were decidedly left leaning Dallas Morning News well uh, they managed to eliminate the Times Herald one way or another. I think the Times Herald really eliminated themselves. But Dallas Morning News endorsed Hillary Clinton. And I thought, uh, this is terrible. <laughs> and what was really weird is when I went back to that station, the uh, all respect was pretty much gone. The ones who could visibly acknowledge that we were friends or at least close uh, associates and or acquaintances they were okay but they were like cocker spaniels just caught doing something or walking real close to the rug you know what I mean and uh, the other ones who were in authority were just uh, just asses basically and I thought okay so this is uh, so I, I let them have it in my usual style and it was uh, quiet but it was definitely to the point and uh, on the 20 after I completed the 25th year of working with them I, uh, I concluded that relationship so the number one problem is our media has been completely hijacked. It really has. Even Fox News, which is the last holdout of anything that presents a reasonable picture of things, they're not about to... Um, uh, Robert Kennedy uh, Jr., I believe it was. Mm. Yeah, Robert Kennedy Jr. Mm. Uh, went on his vaccine crusade and said that he was speaking with Roger Ailes and they all said, look, I do have concerns over these, these vaccines, but I cannot, I cannot run this story, and I would have to fire any reporter who ran this story, because 70% of our advertising is pharmaceutical companies. Now, what are you going to do about that? So, we're, we're in, in very, very bad trouble, and there, it appears to me that there are two options. One of them is a very visible and quite threatening populist revolution, which hopefully would not go viral. 
can't say that. Allowed no. at home. I mean, can we say that? No, 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 no. Heck, you get a timeout for that. Yeah, but guess what? <laughs> Sorry. A Swedish outfit called, I, it's, I think it's R-E-S-C-O-N. I could be mistaken, it'll come close. And uh, Paul Joseph Watson, I believe, was the one who presented this uh, this information. I, I like Paul Watson's work a lot. He's a little he's a little colorful with his language, but other than that, uh, I think he's a very sharp guy, and uh, and I like his points of view very much. Well, they released their study, which concluded that seventy one percent of everyone they polled believes that a global supranational government is is needed. To keep everyone safe from things like uh, disease, pandemics, and climate change. Now, terrorism was not on the list, but climate change was. And then the report goes on to uh, to state that 62% of the Brits who were polled identified themselves as a citizen of the globe as well as being British, which means to me at least, but your, your survey and your study is completely bogus. It's clearly a political, politically driven, and you're just part of the agenda, and your study is useless. But it's like Abby Hoffman said one time, the truth is not what you say. It's how many people you can say it to and how often. <laughs> and that's where we are now. We are literally, we have now ignored every warning from every genius visionary who ever put pen or typewriter key to paper, we have completely disconnected from their logic of warning, and we are now living it. And this is just the beginning. I'm afraid, yes. and I'm using the word afraid. I'm not afraid because I expected it, but I am deeply concerned that this year will prove to be a very, very serious one in the uh, in the history of, well, the world. Uh, I agree so, with you. Now, the hope is that we can stave it off for a while. But eventually, the right maniac at the right time with the right weapon is going to visit this violence upon the earth. And we can theorize all day long, well, it's a secret cabal, and they just... Uh, they want to reduce the population of the earth. Well, that's entirely possible. Let's see what we're getting now instead of one side or the other from different sources or maybe opposing viewpoints from different sources, which, of course, is ideal because that's a, an actual argument. Now what we're getting are two sides. The two sides have sort of blended into one, and they offer contradictory Facts, and I guess it's just like tossing out. Well, let's see. We're going hunting. We want to. Um, we want to lure some game in. So um, let's throw out some nuts, and let's also throw out some meat. That way, we'll get the birds, and we'll get the four-legged mammals. This seems to be what they're doing, and depending on which target in the audience goes to which article. They keep the division going. It's like the same sources. I'll give you an example. Uh, this, uh, this, this fellow who writes for the Daily Caller came up, and um, and he said that uh, Harvard and Yale, these Ivy League schools, uh, well, they run on federal money, and he mentions federal student loans. 
Ivy League schools well, and they're Dartmouth and William and Mary and Wellesley and, of course, Harvard and Yale and Princeton, a bunch of them. I mean, a bunch of them. But then, I looked at Harvard closely. $31 billion tax-exempt endowment. Now, where do you get $31 billion of tax-exempt endowment? <laughs> From the feds, I presume. I didn't go beyond that. And I pointed out this contradiction, too. I said, you can't trust is what immediately gets your eye on the Internet, either. These are no sure. known schools. Well, except they've got this multi-billion dollar endowment. So they're completely disconnected to the Fed, uh, except for this endowment. And that's where we are now. Now we're getting. It's a two-faced informational monster, but we don't see the profile. We see we see it, its face straight on. We see both sides of its face, so to speak. And it's just weird. It's deliciously weird. Because it's so, you know, archetypal in its in its uh, in its dystopian, you know, deceit fueled, manipulation fueled nature. It's just weird. So the other part is you can't let this stuff distress you because it's just humans doing it. Even if it's Satan driving it, which of course it is, uh, if you believe what's written in the Bible, it is. But the human beings are the ones that are being manipulated to do these things. And, last time I checked, we're human beings too, so roll with Newton for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. Which means that in the political sense, we really make no progress because the reaction, while opposite, is equal. Which means neither side really gets anywhere, and the state that we're in remains the same. Does any of that make sense? Makes perfect sense from the great word picture that you uh, had given us about the profile and then looking straight on to um, to variations of the Hegelian dialectic uh, as well as, I mean, good versus evil. It, it, you know, I would urge everyone to look at the big picture. By the way, um, this segment we're talking with John B. Wells, Caravan to Midnight. If you're not a subscriber, be one. Help the cause, uh, Caravan to Midnight. Subscribe to the absolutely fantastic program that uh, John B. Wells has, and take advantage of all the features here around the midnight. Um, that's right there on your screen. But yeah, it makes perfect sense, John. Uh, it really does. And we are entering right now into this. I, I think a year of change. I think the summer of rage, summer of change, and I, I think we're going to see big changes. But we, at the same time, I, I also believe we have to pay attention to the little subtle changes that we may not uh, pay attention to because we're too busy gazing into the larger abyss. Yeah, and, and folks in, in the listening audience, you know, don't let this stuff get you down. Just don't. Just always remember one thing. The Creator, God Almighty, is in control of this. He knows exactly what He's doing. And people say, well, why doesn't Jesus come back? I mean, really? Well, according to Scripture, He's extending the timeline so that as many people as possible will come to the truth and will not die in a fallen state. Remember, just like that, that genius uh, kept identifying himself as a scientist, I'm a scientist, well, as a scientist. And this guy's a friend of Jeffrey Epstein's who wrote this book called uh, A Universe from Heaven. Uh, the Bible was written by illiterate people. He actually stated this when I was interviewing him on Costa Rica. And, uh, 
those days, I was I was really more in gentleman mode than confrontational mode. Because what I should have said is, well, I think you just undid your entire argument there, Mr. Scientist, sir, because it had to be divinely inspired if illiterate people wrote it. <laughs> I think illiterate means you can't read right. I think that's what it means. That's a good so, point. <laughs> that, 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 excellent point. And you know, oh. the disrespect that they're showing the, uh, you know, people will say, well, you're just deluding yourself, Johnny Rolls. If you think that Donald Trump isn't an insider, he's not a political insider. If he is, if he were, why would he be being met with all this blowback? They talk about Melania and not wearing a, a, a scarf around the pole, but not wearing one around the Saudi Arabia. They don't call it the first lady, they call it Melania, like these these morons in the general media and any business referring to our first lady as Melania like they're on first night's first name basis but oh they can't bow and scrape enough to the football player that just left the White House the other month there in the dress so <laughs> it's nauseating they keep pushing all these agendas you know and when I make mention of it people say well you hate gays it's like no I don't hate gays you can hate the sinner without hating the sinner. There are of things on my own conduct in my own life that I quite literally hate. I wish I could jump at the time machine and go back and undo it, but unfortunately I can't. So you do what's called repent. You admit you were wrong, you say you're sorry to your Lord, and you don't do it anymore, and you're done. Right. At that point, you're done. You don't have to just you know, grovel all the time. Just get over it and move on with your life. Amen. So, Amen. Yeah. yeah but I, Johnny, make a good point about uh, about uh, Michael. Uh, I'm sorry, Michelle Obama. Yeah. A little tough time there. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and of course, the the treatment, the treatment that we see. Uh, uh, what hypocrites! What hypocrites! The, the people are out there with respect to. Uh, well, they the don't even know what hypocrisy is anymore, Doug. They don't know what hypocrisy is, and they certainly don't know what shame is. So, True. What do you do with that? <laughs> you, you know, you you look with I, I suppose you look with sadness, pity, but the, the level of understanding that uh, uh, we've got. Uh, well, I'll tell you, we we've got a. I, I suppose, John, our, our jobs got a big job ahead of us to to get as many educate as many people as possible out there, and bring uh, the truth to as many people as possible before the. The crap really hits the, the the fan, and I think it will here in a short period of time. I really do. Um, you know, we spoke but, on Kakal. I didn't mean to cut you off. You go ahead. No, no I just want to say we got about a minute and a half left of your time, and I'm just so gracious for you checking in with us. And uh, I, if nothing else, I just want to make sure all of our audience knows that we support Caravan of Midnight 100%, and we urge everyone to be, to subscribe to your program, and we thank you for being the uh, voice of truth that you are. Uh, and well, I want to state that publicly. Very much. You know, not in, in, in no small part uh, whatsoever, Doug. You and, uh, and and your son and your program have uh, have helped us to triple our membership in the last year. And I thank yeah. you very, very much for supporting us and all the people out there who support us and send us well wishes and pray for us and, and who help other people. It's the most wonderful audience that a person would ever hope for. And, and look, in closing, let me just say this. Ron Kukal was on the USS Liberty on June the 8th. That will be the anniversary. 
of the Israeli Air Force and Naval Forces attacking that ship. And he will tell you of the miracles that he experienced there. He said, time moved forward, time moved back, time stood still. I was below decks, and the next thing I know, I'm above decks with my nose smashed into a steel plate. He said, they sent, they sent a spread of five torpedoes at us, but only one hit. And when it hit, it hit a steel beam. If it, if it had not hit that beam, it would have gone deep into the ship and probably would have taken the thing down. He will tell you about miracles. And I just ask people, don't just reject the, the, the proposition that God exists and you have a direct connection to him if you'll just use it. He will help you. He will show himself. He will make himself known to you. It, it's free will. You have to ask. Once you have that faith, nobody can take it from you. You have to give your faith away. So get it if you don't have it, and keep it and hold on to it if you do. And God bless you and your listeners. Wow. J.B. Wells, thank you. A whole lot of wisdom encapsulated in a short amount of time. And I just, again, thank you so very much for everything you do. Uh, Thank you for sharing your thoughts with us in this segment. My best to you, uh, your program, your family. And, of course, all of your listeners will continue to to, uh, pray for you and support you. And let's stick together, brother. Let's do it. There's no other way. Thank you, man. God bless. Bye-bye. Folks, that was John B. Wells, Caravan to Midnight. Man, what a guy. If you haven't subscribed, subscribe to Caravan to Midnight. You you get more bang for your buck there than any other program on the Internet in terms of subscription-based programming. Joe? Yeah, folks, we'll be right back. Um, with Liz Crokin and Alicia Powell after these uh, after this network break. Don't go anywhere. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. Kirkus Review states, Readers of End Times Fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Week Reviews boldly states, Fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. 
these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. I want to welcome each and every one of you to this broadcast. We've got a great segment lined up for you. Alicia Pow. Alicia Pow, P-O-W-E. Uh, just a marvelous investigative journalist doing the work the corporate media is not expected to do because, well, they're compromised. And doing the work, uh, surpassing the work, many of the uh, so-called investigative journalists are, are doing as well. Uh, joining up with Liz Crokin, uh, as, as well. Done, uh, they've done together. There's a great piece on World Net Daily, WND, and we'll link to it here in the, the program description. Uh, bottom line, the, one of the, well, the issue is the South Bridge, Bridge homicide, which unraveling that will lead to the exposure of the machinations of the deep state DNC some of the political operatives it'll blow the narrative of the uh, hack versus the leak out of the water Um, it will unravel and reveal the criminality in much of the operations of the uh, deep state so without any further ado Alicia Powell thanks for joining us and we're waiting for Liz Crokin to to, we're waiting to get a hold of her but uh, in the meantime come on in well (laughs) What's remarkable is how the mainstream media, you watch CNN earlier, or um, anytime there's a mention of this story in the media, it's, the, it's, it's you know, the reporter or the individual who even mentions it is berated as a conspiracy, conspiracy theorist. And, you know, what gives this story any less validity than the unsubstantiated claims that President Trump has colluded with Russia to uh, rig the election? Right. 
Right. After about, you know, nearly two weeks of investigating this story every day, um, we have not found no evidence that this was a robbery, um, that his murder was related to robbery. He was found uh, dead with his watch and lots of money in his pocket and his credit cards. And I don't, I, I think it's just, just absolutely aggravating that uh, people are, so prone to believing that this is just fake news. That's right. You know, uh, Alicia, you've done great work. By the way, you can follow her on Twitter at Alicia underscore POW, P-O-W-E. Follow her work uh, and also on WND. The this particular homicide has so much uh, is so common. And and Joe and I have worked, uh, uh, myself, I've worked unsolved homicides as an investigator and I've worked well you're dealing with family members you're dealing with a very contentious at times uh, elements you know within the family you're dealing with the press you're dealing with the police you're dealing with um, the general public uh, what's what's your feeling on this who is attempting to stifle the facts of this case well, I, I, you know, what difference does it make what a, a, a someone who spec speculation means nothing, right? Right. But when we speak to the private, the investigator that the family hired, the man who hired the, who paid the investigator to work to the family, because the family couldn't afford, the family was getting no answers on the case. So a man named by Ed Batowski, who I guess is wealthy, reached out to the family just for moral support and he offered to pay the private invest pay for a private investigator. After months and months of not finding any information out from the Washington DC police department. And the family was actually praising Detective Wheeler, the private investigator, just days before just the day before uh Fox News broke that story about the federal Is it ringing? There we go. Uh-oh. 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 Alicia got pushed off and Liz got... It's a coup. It's a <laughs> Did coup. I overthrow her? Are you guys there? Oh, yeah. Okay. Liz, hang, hang on just a second. We're getting... Uh, okay, so Tech Eric. Hold on a second, Liz. We we lost Alicia. We're going to try to bring her back. Um, we might have to use a, a phone number for one of you guys, a landline. So Somebody didn't update their Skype, apparently. Liz, shame on you. Is it me? I don't know. I don't know. Oh well, we'll figure it out. Well, Liz, um, while we're trying to get Lisa, Alicia back, uh, welcome back. Glad you're okay from that. Yeah, Thanks. stuff yesterday. Yeah. yeah, it was a really strange afternoon. That's for sure. <laughs> Never a dull moment over here. Did you ever uh, get any more answers? Uh, I know John called in after you talked with John yesterday. He called in and gave us an update. But have you received any additional updates in the last uh, twenty uh-huh. hours? So basically what happened is, and I'm still not sure, but basically what happened is someone came to my house claiming to be a police officer, saying that they were trying to serve me. They had held up a badge. This person wasn't a police officer. I refused to open my door. The person insisted that they, that I opened my door. I'm like, look, if you want to serve me something, leave it inside my door except I'm not opening my door. And mind you, I live in a secure building where you have to be buzzed in. So they snuck in. Um, and you know, they were in the hallway. And so anyways, the person got really aggressive and they said that they wouldn't 
leave unless until I opened the door. And she insisted that legally I had to open the door. And so I called my mom, got my mom on the phone, and I'm like, Mom, this person that claims to be a police officer is trying to get in my place. And the person then said, Oh, no, I'm not a police officer. Anyways, long story short, um, it, 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 it was paperwork related to my, you know, my ex committed a sexual assault against me, and I've been dealing with a lawsuit for five years now. Uh, it was paperwork that had to do with that, but I will say it was paperwork that was dated two months ago that's already been served to me. Uh. So, so why, and you know, I was just in court for two weeks, or I'm sorry, I was, just, I was just in court two weeks ago and was served papers, and so it made no sense um, that that would be served papers I'm pretty sure are the same papers I was served two weeks ago. Right. So, you know, covering this Seth Rich stuff, lots of strange things have been happening to me. You guys know how these deep state people operate, so you, you just have to be really careful. And, you know, there was no way I was going to answer the door uh, to anyone, you know. So Got it. it is what it is. All right. Now we, we were able to get both uh, Liz, you, and Alicia on. Alicia was, was giving us kind of a, a rundown when you uh, – uh, in, in your absence, but hey, Liz. hey girl, that's my partner in crime. Well, well, Liz, why don't you go ahead and introduce Alicia properly to our audience, and just go ahead and take it uh, because there's so much information that you folks, both of you, have, and of course, WND article just posted today. So, Liz, go ahead and introduce Alicia. And well, Alicia is amazing. She's an awesome journalist, and she actually found me because of your platform after I went on your show and revealed that I was being censored for my work exposing and covering sex trafficking. She reached out to me and said that, you know, asked me if I'd be interested in reporting for WND. So I, she recruited me. So I'm very grateful for her for that. And I'm very grateful that there's still an outlet out there that's willing to cover Seth Rich's murder. Because as you know, and as your audience knows, every and every outlet that's covering this is either spewing lies or they're getting threats and intimidated and um, intimidated into silence. The latest is Sean Hannity. It looks like he may have lost his job for covering an unsolved murder. Um, so I'm grateful that I was able to connect with WND, thanks to Alicia, and we've been working really hard on this story around the clock all week. She's on the ground in Washington, D.C. I live in California, so I've been doing work via the phone and investigative work behind the computer. And that's where we're at now. Um, the story that I broke today, um, I don't know if you guys got too into it because my, I was having problems here online, but the story that came out today on WND that I worked on, I interviewed Jack Berkman. Now, he is a GOP lobbyist who has um, started um, a fund and a group he basically has put together an investigation team to investigate Seth Rich's murder. Um, I did a long interview with him yesterday on the phone. He has put up $105,000 in reward money for anyone that can give information that leads to an arrest. And um, he has a whole team of investigators investigating Seth Rich's murder. And they've been working on this for months. Um, so I did a, a, a long interview with him yesterday, and he revealed a lot of bombshell information. So the first thing that he revealed to me, and he, this was all on the record, he told me that initially everybody was cooperating with the Seth Rich murder investigation. When I say everybody, I said all part. He, he was referring to all parties involved. So that would be the police, that would be the DNC, all the family members, no problem in the in, in the beginning, um, the first few months after Seth Rich's death. 
everybody is 180. Not almost everybody is 180. At least the authorities have. So what he told me is that police are no longer cooperating with him and his team. He said that not only are police not cooperating, they're withholding key evidence. Okay. He said that they have. A, he said he saw one surveillance video of Seth's murder, and he said that they have at least one other tape that they are withholding that they should release to the public and that he is trying to view. He also said that the, the, the D.C. police's, you know, theory that, that this is a robbery is a complete and total joke and absolutely ridiculous, which we all know. Um, he said that the D.C. police are not only withholding evidence, but they're also doing everything <clears throat> they can to suppress and suffocate this investigation. And he also said that the police are colluding with the D.C. mayor to make this go away. All right? Um, he also said that in the beginning, the DNC was very cooperative with him. And he said that Donna Brazil, when she was still with the DNC, that she was very nice and she was, and she cooperated with him and his team investigating this case. He said there's no longer any cooperation with the DNC. And furthermore, the DNC crisis spokesperson that is now speaking for Seth Rich's family, he said that this spokesperson, Brad Bowman, has been viciously attacking him. He's been calling him names, and he's like, you know, he's supposed to be the spokesperson for the family. We're all just trying to find out who murdered Seth Rich so the family can get justice and some closure. Why is this guy calling me names? Why is this guy attacking me? He said it's gotten so bad to the point that he might send a cease and desist letter to Brad Bowman and file a defamation suit against him for attacking him. So... And, and I don't know if Alicia got into this because I, was, I wasn't able to connect, but Alicia talked to the D.C. Police Department to get a statement from them on what Jack Berkman told us. And the D.C. Police Department basically mocked us and called us conspiracy theorists and said they don't engage with conspiracy theorists. Excuse me? We are putting out good, hard really? journalism. We're doing good, hard investigative work and the D.C. Police Department, there's a dead young man. And you guys are going to mock us? This isn't a joke. And the, the, the family's uh, political crisis consultant, the, the Seth, ba- I mean, uh, Brad Bauman, who was assigned to the family by the DNC, although he emphatically denies it, he says you're evil and you should burn in hell yeah. if you at all believe that there's any ties to Seth Rich and WikiLeaks. Now, why why would any logical person rule out the possibility that maybe the person who was leaking the DMT emails was such rich, and if he were, why wouldn't the spirit-cooking Clintons have him off, mm. right? So, well, if and there's like, no smoke, why are they censoring us? Well, and, and why? why there's no fire. Right. No, why, why are, like, look, we're journalists, we are very professional, and we... We are genuinely dedicated to getting to the truth. We are genuinely dedicated to our craft. We're not fake news. We're not lapdogs. We're not shills. We're real journalists. We're working our butts off 24-7. And I'm sorry, whether the police like what we're reporting or don't like what we're reporting, we don't deserve to be treated this way. And for them to just mock us is insulting not only to us, but to Seth Rich's family and his soul. It's sick. 
These people are sick and they're evil. Uh, Alicia, did you did you deal with the public information officer of the uh, Metropolitan Police or or someone else? Well, in- first I deal with the public information officer who basically just said we're not going to talk about a pending investigation. And I actually went to speak to a homicide detective yesterday, and I spoke with someone who said we'll 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 let you speak to our chief, the 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 chief, the lead investigator on this uh, case. And when we're sure he'll give you an interview. I mean, we're not going to give you details about the case, but we can give you some general information. So he was supposed to call me back, and then hours fly by throughout the day, and he did not. And finally, I called him up, and his name is uh, Joseph Della Camera. He is the same person who I was told by a source I cannot name that... uh was told to stand down by Donna Brazil and even someone higher up in the DNC from investigating the case. Um, so his response is to me, I cannot speak about this. Okay. I cannot speak about this. And he, he's very, he's hung up the phone. And so. And you, uh, you, know, you guys though, it's okay. strange. Mm-hmm. It, it, let's say this is, let's say maybe, let's say this is a conspiracy theory and by the chance that, you know, we're being led astray here. Because I'm, I'm just, we're just reporting what we're told by our sources. And that's, that's our job. Our job is not to create the narrative like the MSM does, like CNN does. Our job is to report what we find out, all right? And let's, like, even if we are being led astray by our, our sources or, or whatnot, then release the evidence. <laughs> you know, at D.C. Police Department, then release the footage, release the evidence, release the autopsy, release the bullet forensics, and prove our us and our sources wrong. They refuse to do that. So, you right. know, if you start calling us names and mocking our hard work, why don't you release the evidence and let the public decide? Right. And apparently the family has the computer and the Washington, D.C. police have the computer. That's according to the, fa- according to the family spokesman. So then if you have evidence there, and there's also Detective Wheeler told me that the brother does not want him investigating WikiLeaks. In fact, one of the stipulations in their negotiation, there was a two-week negotiation that took place before the family decided to hire the private investigator. And one of the things they agreed on was that Detective Wheeler would not look into the emails and not look into WikiLeaks. Why? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, hang, 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 hang on a second. This is information that whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't think... Are, are you are are you telling me that uh, this is the first I'm hearing about this? Are you telling me that 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 Rod Wheeler, as a private investigator, was hired with conditions on areas that he could not? Yes, that's what I'm telling you. And he agreed to this. <laughs> Isn't that insane? It, I don't insane. know what he agreed to or not agreed to, but that was told to me by Wheeler and another source, and that's why. Somehow the family, you know, I know they're going through a sensitive time. I mean, wow. But there's something suspicious going on with WikiLeaks and emails that we're supposed to just turn yet turn our heads and forget about and move on with our lives and talk about how Trump should be impeached for colluding with Russia, blah blah blah. But yeah. I, I've never Talk well about a real conspiracy. Theory. Yeah, this this is huge to me, having been again having looked at worked on unsolved homicides. There would be no way in 
in no way, period, that I would ever, as an investigator, agree to conditional, uh, to conditions like that. I can, I can, I can accept, um, uh, you know, for example, saying, well, clear anything that you're going to release to the media through us first, but not conditions as to who not to enter, uh, to investigate or look at. That to me, right there is, um, just wow. Uh, oh. Well, you know, what we're working on now is one of the things that Jack Berkman told me over the phone. And by the way, I, I really think you guys should have him on the show. I'm going to give John his contact information because he's a really good interview and he, um, he's really well-spoken, very animated as well. But he told me that there, that, that Seth Rich had this whole kind of secret online life. He had all these accounts, like multiple social media accounts, multiple Skype accounts, uh, multiple email accounts, some are anonymous, some weren't anonymous. And Jack is looking into this, and he said that they're going to be revealing a lot of information on that in the next coming days. And a lot of Internet sleuths on 4chan have been finding a lot of these secret accounts he has. So there are there's there's a wealth of information online and probably on all of Seth's devices that will be clues as to who murdered him and why. So this, that's something to look out for in the next few days because I think we're going to have a lot of information coming out about that. Um, so it should be an, an interesting an interesting few days, but that's, what, that's where we're at now and that's what we're working on. Uh, but yes, yeah, Seth Rich was very active online and, and you know, it's kind of like if he's setting up all of these back channels to communicate um, with people online in a, in a fashion that's not traceable, well, why would he do that unless he's planning to, to exchange information that was top secret or dangerous information, right? So I think that's something that's really interesting and something that we'll be working on and you guys should be, you know, looking out for in the, okay. in the upcoming day. Well, uh, and I think... Uh, you know, our congressional leaders, our senators, they need to be calling for a special investigation into this. And, I mean, one person, one con- uh, congressman actually did have the courage to raise, to, to talk about this today and call for a special investigation. Texas Congressman Blake Farenthold, he was on CNN earlier today, and you should w- go and watch the clip of these CNN, uh, these two CNN anchors Basically belittling him for saying that we should be the the Seth Rich murder investigation should be a part of the Russia investigation into hacking the election, and why is it not? And um, hopefully that's where we go next with this story, as we get some some congressional leadership, uh, some senators to call for a special investigation and stop dismissing this and group thinking. And following what the mainstream media is saying and shine a light on this if, 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 and raise national awareness to this story because this is not mainstream. Maybe people who really follow the news are following what we're doing and, you know, see how Sean Hannity is getting censored, but it's not on, it's, it's not what it would be if the, if, if the roles were, were reversed and this had been Democrats. I mean, Republicans who allegedly killed one of their staffers. Imagine what the outcry would be nationwide. Um, Every uninformed and every person who doesn't care about politics, every American would be calling Trump a murderer 
and demanding investigations and there'll be riots in the street. Yeah, on the other side, we're, it seems as if conservatives are just as prone to uh, repeating what the mainstream media's propaganda is. Exactly. And, and folks, our guest, Liz Crokin, you know her, and Alicia Powell, P-O-W-E, follow Alicia underscore Powell. That's her Twitter, Twitter handle, and Liz Crokin, uh, at Liz Crokin on Twitter as well. Uh, I have to say, I, we admire your, your collective and individual work on this case. And, and I'll say this, since we've been uh, talking so heavily about this, we, uh, our sponsors have been, are being harassed in some cases. Some of them, not all of them are being harassed, and, uh, we are feeling the effects of this. But we're not going to back down. We are not going to stop talking about this, regardless. I don't care if, if, if you know. Well, I hope you got. I hope you guys um, re- relay to your. You know, the harassment's a, a coordinated effort by Media Matters, which is run by David Brock, who's closely tied to Podesta and the Clintons. And Rush Limbaugh actually talks about this weeks ago on his show. He talks about it a lot. This is a coordinated effort to destroy people that are trying to reveal the truth. And I hope that your sponsors realize that these people that are contacting them are not real people. They're paid by a corrupt organization. They are bots. They are fake accounts. If you go on my Twitter page and you see the majority of people that are uh, condemning me and harassing me for covering this, they're fake accounts. They, They have no one's retweeting their stuff. You never see a real name on the Twitter handle. You never see a picture. It'll be like a picture of a cartoon. And so I hope sponsors know that these are not real people. Real people want you to cover this. Real people want to demand answers, okay? And um, so I hope that your sponsors realize that, um, that that is a con job and that those aren't real people, you know, harassing them. They're fake people trying to cover up the murder of a really good patriotic young man. And uh, there's one thing I want to say before we sign off here. Um you know, to back up what Alicia says, you know, Alicia and I and you guys, we can only do so much. You know, we're we're putting ourselves in danger and we're literally risking our lives to get the truth out there because we're good people and we're, we believe in getting the truth out there no matter where it leads. And we're patriots, all right? But we need the support and we need need as much support as possible. And I encourage everybody out there to tweet about this. Tweet your congressmen. Tweet the FBI. Tweet the White House, you know, write the White House. Um, we need to get there to be a federal investigation and or congressional investigation. We need to get the feds involved because that's the only way that we're really going to get to the truth. You know, we can only do so much. But if, if enough people, enough Americans, enough people around the world start tweeting Congress, members of Congress, the vice president, the president, Jeff Sessions, um, your, you know, your local representatives, if they start getting flooded with phone calls, emails, tweets, then there will be so much pressure because the people are more powerful than these sleazy, evil, scumbag elites that they will be forced to do something about it. So I encourage everyone to take action. And you do not need to leave your bedroom to take action. Just pick up your phone, pick up your computer, and start putting the pressure on people in power. And to add on to that, you know, the left is so desperate. Since Donald Trump went to shellac the Democrat Party and the liberal media, we won this election. So now they're resorting to censorship. They were based on just what was reported on TV and the mainstream media and Hollywood and the music industry. Hillary Clinton would be the president right now. 
but we have this internet as the, our greatest tool to p- pass on this information, spread it like wildfire, and they can't censor that. They can maybe suspend our Twitter account, but we have more power than we ever had as a society to really lift the lid off the, the griminess that is, in my view, as a conservative, the Democrat Party. Absolutely. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you so very much. And it's a pleasure to meet you. And thank you for being on our side. Thank you for, for being a, a warrior for the truth. And Liz, thank you as well. Teaming up with Alicia, you two are the are, are the greatest. Thank you so very much. And folks, please support yeah. these two young ladies in their quest for truth. We will, and we will stand together. Thank you both. Wow, what what great ladies, huh, Joe? Absolutely. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this network break. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Green Innovative. What Green Innovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right, You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a bang, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night. Go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Folks, in these uncertain times, it just makes sense to have a sustainable backup method for accomplishing one of life's most important tasks, that's preparing food. This is the way to go. There is nothing better than a Minuteman rocket stove from MinutemanStove.com. We all need a way to cook and a method to process water. I mean, think about it. Think about the many things that could happen to you. Minuteman rocket stove can provide your family or group the perfect solution. It's small, lightweight, wood-burning, and every bit as powerful as a kitchen stove. It's smoke fully self-contained for clean storage and transport. Because it's so efficient, it cuts down on your wood gathering and processing chores to a tenth what would be required if cooking the old-fashioned way over an open fire. So don't rely on gas or fuel stoves. Prepare your family. Prepare for yourself. Order a Minuteman rocket stove today. It's going to make bad times much better. Folks, MinutemanStove.com. MinutemanStove.com. Need I say more? You should have a Minuteman, the survival stove in an M.O.K. For investors, Timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified, accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com. PreciousTimberProfits.com.
folks, to this edition of the Hagman Hagman Report. Our thanks to Eric the Tech. All I saw was elbows and kneecaps over at his space station when he was trying to get them both on. Somebody didn't update their Skype or whatever. And I saw the, you know, his arms flailing and buttons being pushed and headphones flying and cords flying. And I don't know what was going on over there. Um, I, I don't know if there was any bloodshed, but, um, Eric the Tech, uh, managed to, to, to get both of them on at the same time. That was good. Um, I mean, we have that capability sometimes on the other side, you know, things, you know, how it goes, right? Uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us. I, I do, I, I do want to speak on a couple of things. The, uh, just very briefly here. The information that uh, Alicia and Liz just gave us, the fact that there was uh, reportedly a two-week negotiation between the, the investigator and the family and or the contact with the family. Again, we have to narrow down, um, hone down the, the details on this, and I'll do that off air. But in my experience in dealing with unsolved homicides, when the family or the point of contact of the family comes to you and says, look, we understand the police have this, we want to hire you because we believe that you will give this cold case and anything really after, uh, that's, this is an arbitrary number. Anything after a year is certainly a cold case, but certainly anything after uh, a week, two weeks, uh, can be considered a cold case on a homicide. And I think, Joe, there was a TV program. What was the first four, the first 48, right? Was that, was that yeah, right? it's still on. Okay. First 48. It, it, once you pass that 48 hour mark in a homicide, you're statistically, uh, exactly. It starts statistically, to, it's going to be harder to solve right, after that. That's right. And what would, just from a personal level, uh, five years in, in, uh, in, uh, uh, it was April of 1987 or it was 1987 when early 87 when my partner and I, uh, dealt with my family on a five-year-old unsolved homicide, and six months later, roughly, uh, a man was arrested for my uncle's murder. Now, uh, the only reason I mention this is subsequent to that, me working that homicide, I worked many other unsolved homicides in uh, to three different states. All right, now. You deal with families, you deal with multiple, you know, personalities that are all over the board, you deal with emotions that are just, it, it, it's just, it's a, it's a horrible situation. And the, um, uh, sometimes the families are torn apart. But, but the bottom line is, they all come together for one reason, and that's to find the truth. That is to, 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 to seek the justice, the legal justice. And, and I speak from experience on this. So, having said that, if, if ever, and I never had a situation in, in my career where a family said, okay, you can, we want you to look into this, however, you cannot look here. Or, or this is off limits. And if that would be, I would never sign on to something like that. Ever. You gotta, you, you gotta be out of your mind. Now, I don't know what Rod Wheeler uh, what kind of contract he signed? I, I understand, of course, if if the family says you run all of your public statements, if you make any, because of the visibility through us first, we must approve your public statements. I get that. That's fine. But nobody, but nobody, but nobody is going to tell me where I can and can't look. Because 99.9%, you tell me I can't look over here, that's the first place I'm going to look. And then I look at the person who told me that I can't look over there. Yep. Yeah, you know. 
he been around. But, but, but see, okay, so th- this, okay, now I do understand this. I do understand the allocation, uh, allocation of funds. Let me tell you something. A, a, a private investigation, just here's a little reality check for everybody. The majority of the, the unsolved homicide cases I worked, I worked for pennies. You know why? Because <laughs> I'm an idiot. All right. Because I cared more about helping the families, and, and the families have no money. They're, by the time they get to, they get to someone like me, they might have had two or three other PIs before them who were unscrupulous. You know, in any business, you get that used car salesman kind of, and, and the families become untrusting. Well, wait a second. I don't look. I don't want. It just let's see. Let me take a look and let's see what we can do here. And by the time it was, I'm, you know, six weeks into the, the, the case, I'm still working on nothing, you know, in terms of dollars. That was how I, because I have, I detest the, the people who take advantage of families who are, who are absolutely hurting from a loss like this. So that's just me. That's the way I, you know, and, and, the, but, but, but in reality, uh, PIs, uh, roughly, depending on part of the part of the country you're in, could be as much as $100 an hour, $65 an hour. At the low end, 100 on average. And I know PIs who would charge just for thinking about a case for crying out loud. That's not the way I operate, but that's okay. So, you could rack up tens of thousands of dollars for investigative efforts that get you nowhere. That bankrupt the family. I get all of that. So if the conversation was, look, I don't want to spend money on you conducting a political investigation. I understand that. I understand that. Now, I hope you understood what I just said. That's not to say that, in other words, don't use my money to investigate some some political cause. If you are an ideologue for that cause, I understand that. However... That, that doesn't preclude me from going over there if that's where the evidence leads. And that's the difference here. So if, it, it, that, that's, that's an important distinction and that we must understand. And, and I'll tell you one thing. I would move heaven and earth to get to the truth on this matter. And, uh, you tell me not to look there. Well, I'm sorry. Then I'll do it on my own. I, I certainly won't use your funds to do that. But if that's where the evidence leads, I'm going to follow that until the last dog is hung. And so it is. All right, that, that's number one. Number two, I do want to tell you this, um, and then I'm going to turn it, turn it to Joe here. The fact of the matter is this. We, and I, I just sent this on my personal Twitter, uh, and, and uh, I'm just getting the hang of Twitter. All right? I, I've been on for like, I don't know, seven years, eight years. I'm just starting to get the hang of it. But we are we are seeing the blowback right now, and the blowback is absolutely incredible from talking about this unsolved murder of Seth Rich and because of that we know that we're close we know that we're close to the truth don't tell me do not tell me uh, don't send me an email for example or a tweet saying oh you gotta be ashamed of yourself putting the family through hell no hell is not knowing who killed your son Hell is being told that your son uh, was killed in a botched armed robbery when there's no evidence to support that 
it is the people out there. It are the, the people who are out there who are using this as, as a political football are not the people who are attempting to find the truth of this, but the people who are politicizing this to avoid uh, the furtherance of an investigation into the larger investigation. That's who is exploiting the family. We will, and this is a statement I'm going to make, despite the fact that some of our sponsors are, and, and Sean Hannity and the Hagman Report share some of the same sponsors. We are, and a loss of those sponsors put a big hole, a huge hole, probably this big, <laughs> in, into our budget. But I don't care. Because I, I do know one thing. We've been down that road before. And we're not going to submit. We're not going to succumb. We're not going to acquiesce. We're going to continue forward because God will provide. And you people out there, the people who support us, we thank you. And that, that is allowing us to continue our, our, our mission. And that, that's allowing us to grow. And we will commit to you. We will not submit or acquiesce. And it just gets my goat. Just talking frankly. It gets my goat when I, when I look at some so-called conservatives, conservative pundits, serial stalkers of Sean Hannity, rejoicing in the fact that, oh my goodness, and then this is my opinion, okay, because I know she's a lawyer. This is my opinion. So I'm giving you my opinion. It's my opinion that, that you, that, that you, serial stalker Sean Hannity, are, are you should be ashamed of yourself. And others who support you should be ashamed of themselves for rejoicing the fact that, hey, we can get Sean off the air, Sean Hannity off the air. Or saying that Sean Hannity retracted, uh, you know, or he, he's backing down from the Seth Rich story. If you understand, you, you've got to listen precisely to what Sean Hannity said. He said, I'm not backing down from this. I just can't, and I'm paraphrasing. I just, we're just not going to talk about this on, on Fox. Uh, on his Fox uh, News show. He's got other venues he could talk about this. He's not stopping talking about this. He is just moving platforms. I'm not making excuses for him. I'm, that's just what he's doing. But regardless, we only have this platform, this show, and no one is going to tell us what we can and can't talk about. And that, my friends, is my promise to you. And, and you know the the last thing the 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 uh, insignificant struggle for struggling for relevance and struggling for uh you know their 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 uh, their relevance in life because they've they've lived out their life and they're they're insignificant to themselves in their minds the the ankle biter is saying well you know they're 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 frauds and fakes okay we can put up with that. We can put up with all of this, but we're not. We're not backing down. We're doubling down. And and you have that. That's our commitment here. Just a couple of days before Memorial Day, 2017, and it's going to be a hot summer, ladies and gentlemen. It really is. Uh, Corpus Christi Republican Congressman Blake Farenhold. This is what uh, Liz and Alicia were talking about. It considers the source behind the 2016 hack of the DNC. Um, the unanswered questions believes the federal investigation is warranted. He's saying, look, the, the murder of Seth Rich, the DNC hack, the WikiLeaks, all connected, deserves a federal investigation. 
this is what Liz and Alicia were talking about. Joe, this story yeah, is Yeah, we're picking up where, or, where you left off and Liz left off. Um, there's an article uh, on CNN, money.cnn.com. The headline is a little strange. Fox News stirred up an online riot with Seth Rich story, and it's too late to restore peace. This was yesterday evening, almost exactly 24 hours ago, 8.15 p.m. I don't know what an online riot is, but obviously we know CNN's reporting is is very um, inaccurate, if not flat out, just made up as they go along. And and just to point out some of the inaccuracies, one, this didn't start with Fox News or Sean Hannity. And they use the word conspiracy theory in this story, in this small story, 12 times. And they they go on to say that, um, you know, minutes after Fox News retracted its inaccurate story peddling a conspiracy theory about the fatal shooting of Democratic National Committee staffer Seth Rich, Boyle sprang up into Breitbart's Slack channel. Now, this is a the, the conversation here starts out with a few people twittering back and forth to themselves. It was Matthew Boyle and Ben uh, Q. I don't know why that's showcased there, but they go on to talk about how uh, how many on the far right are peddling or have stirred up this online riot by peddling this debunked conspiracy theory, and they, they go on to talk about the um, how. People have promoted this conspiracy theory, how it's been picked up by a number of news outlets from the Gateway Pundit to Breitbart to Infowars to Drudge, uh, and we can throw World Night Daily in there, as well as, as many others. But, and we, I know we've went over this before. One thing that's just been bothering me a lot, how are these people allowed to call this a conspiracy theory? How are they allowed to call it debunked? The facts of the case have yet to, to, to be seen. One thing we do know, Seth Rich was shot in the back as he walked home from a bar in D.C. about 4 in the morning. There's been no evidence of a robbery or a robbery attempt. They don't know how many suspects there were, even though there's cameras, CCTV cameras everywhere. Um, and, and, you know, we can say this all day long, and I hope it registers with people, that the theory of a robbery is just as much as a conspiracy theory as the as Seth being the DNC leaker. It's just as much as a debunked theory as him being killed for being the DNC leaker. And you, you know, you, you're, you 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 put that correctly and, because there's no evidence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's more evidence to, to suggest that he was the DNC leaker than uh, there is to suggest that it was a robbery. Correct. Correct. And I'm glad you said that because, and folks, what we do is we operate from a set of facts. The, the story, you have to know, you have to authenticate and establish the facts at the scene. Yeah. Um, we, right. we, we don't get our information, for example, from, uh, Reddit or 4chan or the forum. So we, what you do is you look at authenticated documentation from the, 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 the uh, the first document, for example, the, uh, pol- uh, the police report, which we've got a copy of, uh, the, uh, the public information report by MPD, the Metropolitan Police Department. We have a copy of that, and that gives you. And in fact, that's been on the source online. But the thought, the bottom line with that is, it gives you um, the location, time, date, and the officers and their badge numbers, basically. And then from that, you build on that. But you're right. Uh, and let's look. You're right. Let's look through a little bit, um, just off the top of my head, stories where we've seen this huge attack by the mainstream media. Uh, against sponsors who were report uh, on shows who were reporting 
things the way that they find them rather than talking about uh, using the you know mainstream media government established talking points. One of the big ones that you know uh, registers in these nine eleven, the truthers they would call them, and you know even though uh, conspiracy theory was already a term, it really picked up a lot of steam after nine eleven for people who were questioning why three towers fell when only a plane hit two planes hit each of the World Trade Center towers. How building seven f- fell? There's just so many questions into nine eleven, and you know the uh, the truther movement, the nine eleven truth movement was asking legitimate questions. They wanted to know how, you know, especially Building 7. If you forget everything else with, with 9-11, Building 7 was a 47-foot skyscraper that wasn't hit by a plane. It had very minimal damage to the interior and even exterior of the building. But it collapsed. And people, and then, you know, the BBC reported that it collapsed 20-some minutes before it actually did. There was a lot of, uh, of irregularities with the official narrative. So a number of people from different walks of life began asking questions. Why, you know, how could this happen? This obviously did not happen the way that these people reported it, so they wanted to get to the truth of the matter. We saw the huge push of, you know, you're a conspiracy theory, you know, how dare you, you're attacking America if you're if you're uh, questioning this and, and questioning the, Dissent the is official not patriotic. Yeah. Right. And then just, you know, more recently, the, um, the, the Pedogate stuff that came from the release of the John Podesta emails. This was another big one. They turned around. Anybody who, who used the, the term Pizzagate or, or Pedogate was immediately uh, banished as, as being a, a conspiracy theorist. They went on to, the media went on, They the government and the media went on to use the same uh, verbiage, calling it a debunked theory, a, you know, a, a discredited story, a conspiracy theory. If if all this Seth Rich speculation and investigation, we'll just we'll, just uh let's let's say that it was a robbery gone wrong, and we're still at the same point in the investigation we are now. Nobody's been arrested, and people were pursuing these other avenues of investigation, but they were completely wrong in doing so. Who's going to take the time to boycott people's sponsors for talking about it? Who's going to take the time to? to make sure in every story that's in the mainstream media they're going to put debunked or discredited or conspiracy theory in it. Nobody's going to even bother with it. If there is nothing there, why waste the time? You're not going to see, you know, Media Matters and George Soros uh, bots and trolls continue to pile on to something that makes no difference, you know, what these people are saying, because if it's not true, has no basis in reality or fact, they're not going to waste their time trying to uh, push the, the narrative down and discredit the people pushing the narrative because it would have no effect either way. Uh, if they're wrong, they're wrong. People aren't going to waste their time trying to prove that they're wrong if they know they're wrong. So we see this huge increase in these um, in these terms. We see a huge push uh, by the media, by whatever pressure points are, are pushing this on the media, to try to discredit the story at every turn. And not only that, discredit the people... And, and remove the people from their jobs who want to continue to pursue this narrative. The more we see of this, the more pushback I see from, from Hannity, the more we see reports about, oh, how the parents don't politicize this murder. If it was me, and if it was a family member that was murdered, I don't care what avenue you look into, as long as you get to the truth. And it just boggles my mind that, that more people don't realize that 
as they try to dis- the more they try to discredit this and and disallow people from looking into it or even talking about it on the news, the more red flags they raise, and the more it looks like they have something to hide. And they're not going to stop. I mean, they've been very successful with this tactic, you know, deflect, deny, and name call, and 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 put down, and uh, go after sponsors, go after listeners, supporters, whatever. It's just amazing to me that um, these people continue, and their ways seem to be failing because people, more and more people, are catching on. Switching gears here. Uh, uh, be- before we switch gears, just want to direct everyone to uh, uh, to Alan Riggs, GreenInnovative.com. Uh, folks, uh, go to GreenInnovative.com. Take advantage of what Alan Riggs has got to offer there. You know, the hurricane season starts first of June. Expect to be an active one this year, up and down the East Coast. And of course, you need to make hurricane preparations for your family. Think about what uh, you'll do when the power goes out for a day, week, a month. Having lots of batteries is great until they go dead. Solar chargers, well, they're good between what, 10 and 3 and so on. Remember that Green Innovative has the GMAG power cell that makes power anytime, anywhere, in any weather, day or night when you need it. Just as salt and water the unit and it's immediately charging your batteries. Make sure you've got a GMAG charger package in your hurricane supplies. Visit them at greenovative.com and enter Hagman for a 12% discount storewide. Greenovative.com, enter Hagman for a 12% discount storewide. Once more, one more time. GreenInnovative.com coupon code Hagman. I want to thank uh, Alan Riggs and all of our sponsors for continuing to uh, sponsor our show. All right, Joe, go ahead. I wanted to make sure I hit on this story today. We posted this up on the the website earlier, um, and you want to talk about the power of of online investigators, citizen journalists, and online investigators. This is a a win for them. You remember the guy who was hit in the head by a bike lock at a Berkeley protest? Yeah, wasn't that by a professor? They arrested him yesterday. Good. Police arrest Eric Clanton after bike lock assaults during Berkeley protests. Now, this happened over a month ago. But what was really interesting about this story, it says, Soon after April 15th, 28-year-old Clayton was outed online on the website 4chan as someone who used the bike lock to strike a man in the head. The assault was captured on video. The guy had a mask on. And, uh, you know, everything was covered but his eyes. Police had no idea how to, or at least they said they did not have any idea how to identify the man. They, they re- released, uh, video and, and photos and asked the public if they could help, uh, find out who this was. Well, it turns out it's a 28 year old former teacher of Diablo Valley College. And what's interesting is when we went to Chicago a few weeks ago, actually two weeks ago today, when we were in the car, we were listening to a few episodes of Michael Savage, and a caller called into a show, and apparently this, because apparently this information has been circulating online for a while, and named this guy. I, I remembered that when I read this this morning. So, he apparently has been outed for a while, but the police finally took the evidence and acted upon it, and yesterday he was arrested on three counts of assault with a deadly weapon, the weapon being identified as a U-lock bike lock, one of those, uh, assaults that is alleged to have caused a significant injury. Right. Now, this happened in a clash with pro-Trump supporters and self-described anti-fascist or anti-fa activists determined to stop a rally where white supremacist views were expected to be expressed, according to Antifa. So, uh, until Wednesday night, Berkeley invest- investigators had declined to say whether they were looking into Clayton, despite the outcry from online uh, journalists calling for his arrest. Wednesday, officers arrested him in Oakland at 2.15 p.m. He's being held at Berkeley County Jail on a $200,000 bond. And he, his list of occupation is a college professor, 
He's scheduled for an arraignment on Friday. And police said they have identified three victims in the case. All were struck in the head or neck with a bike lock. So so just so we were clear on this, you've got this university professor mm-hmm. uh, dressing up to avoid detection, uh, you know, hiding his face, and engaged in, what were the charges? Um, he, three accounts, three accounts uh, of aggravated assault, correct? Where was it? Um, he was... Well, hitting someone with a bike lock uh, uh, on the head, that could kill a person. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, at the minimum, aggravated assault. But the fact of the matter is, these are the people who are attempting, or these are the people who we have allowed uh, to to infiltrate our universities. What in the world is going on here? Well, obviously. Assault with a deadly weapon. Assault with a deadly weapon. Okay, so you've got this infiltration. These are the same people who are advocating the overthrow of Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the same people who are advocating the, uh, the, the, you know, my body, my choice abortion. He, he, he was homosexual a, marriage and such. He worked in political philosophy too. Uh, there you go. So, the teacher of political philosophy. Let me tell you how well I could, you know, if you're not going to learn my way, I'm going to beat it into you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but really, and some of the pictures are, I, I don't know, folks, if you saw that, uh, it's actually on video, the assault, and it's... Oh, it's brutal. It is brutal. Yeah, um, that hurts. I would hurt. And, and the, the officer, went, one of the officers went on to say that uh, after Clayton was arrested, he's been under investigation for some time, which that makes sense if if the they were acting on the information from online investigators, because as, as I said before... Oh, by the way, weeks ago, he was a junior was college named, teacher, I'm sorry. Yeah, he was named... Um, more than a few weeks ago, so if they were acting on that intelligence, I can. I, I believe that the people at 4chan or whoever it was that did this were directly responsible for his arrest. I believe if they did not do what they did to identify him, that the police probably never would have found See, him. See, you guys make a difference. Our audience makes a difference. The listeners make a difference. It's you that make a difference. We can still make a difference. Never give up. Never give in. Oh, sorry. And that article is on HagmanReport.com. Uh, you might have to scroll down a little bit and hit the uh, load more, because I believe I posted that earlier this morning. But it's also on berkeleyside.com if you want to read it. We will be right back after this network break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to this Thursday edition of the Hagman Report. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. Shall the great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Uh, masterpreps.com, uh, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you possibly want from uh, cooking uh, utensils, uh, cooking frying pans. I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Eric. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look. 
within the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report family, masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Chang Post in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to aging major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We are offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Army's kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either. But they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues. And so can you. Check out our American Heritage Journeys kit at www.changelessandwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. Hello, everyone. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. That means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. edition of the Hagman Report. Coming up in the next hour, we will be joined, yeah, in the next half hour, starting at nine, we'll be joined by George Webb. Yeah, next half hour. Stop stop interrupting me on air. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. Uh, but first, we have uh, our producer, John Robertson, coming on with Eve Gonzalez of Trading Post in the Woods to go over uh, a few important things, tips to help you um, with what you call it, alternative medicine, homeopathy. Um, they, I'm going to turn it over to John. John, you take it away, buddy. <laughs> well, Joe, thank you so much, Doug. Greetings and God bless you both, and, and God's blessings on all of our listeners and viewers here this evening. We've got a hot show cranking right now. We've got over 1,800 live viewers on YouTube Live, and our chat's been blowing up like crazy. Excellent work thus far by our good friend over at Caravan to Midnight, Mr. John B. Wells. Uh, followed by uh, two hotshot reporters at World Net Daily, uh, Liz Crokin and Alicia Powell. Excellent work. So, folks, uh, we're going to take a few minutes this evening to uh, introduce to many of you and reintroduce to some of you one of our sponsors who, in my opinion, I've, I've had the blessing of getting to know Eve Gonzalez well uh, really over the past couple of months. And those of you who are familiar with, with my story a little bit know that, you know, I came out of Hollywood, but I, I'm also pretty seriously preparedness-minded and, and really have been since uh, 2009. So 
I'm always looking for the real deal people in the preparedness uh, movement, in the patriot movement, etc. And you meet a lot of mall ninjas. You meet a lot of people who are selling buckets of food and junk hardware and really kind of just, you know, cutthroat capitalizing on people's desire to be prepared for what I believe to be eventualities and just really have the, the things they need set aside for their families and even for friends who may show up. Uh, when the going gets tough. And folks, Eve Gonzalez is straight up one of those people. Uh, we're going to talk tonight about a few things. Uh, first of all, we're going to introduce Eve, and, and what's one of the really fascinating things about Eve Gonzalez and her team at Trading Post in the Woods, that's tradingpostinthewoods.com, is they have what, I, what I've been thinking in my mind as a, as a quick reaction force. Okay, this is a team of Christian men and women, very highly trained, who put their uh, their boots on the ground, they definitely put their money where their mouths are, and they have been uh, present and working side-by-side side with emergency services, with FEMA, with state agencies at 18 major disasters throughout recent years. And, you know, Eve is just one of these people who really, well, I'll tell you what she said to me earlier, you know, she said that her ambition is to help Christian families prepare because that's part of how we're supposed to look out for our brothers and sisters. So uh, without further ado, I'm going to bring Eve into the conversation. Folks, get out a piece of paper and a pen. Tonight we're going to talk a little bit about some success stories that, that I've had recently with some of the homeopathy products, as well as uh, what Doug has experienced with Lady the Studio Dog. And then we're going to spend a few minutes talking about four things that I know many Hagman listeners and viewers are dealing with on a regular basis. And folks, I'm talking about insomnia, anxiety, and the other side of that rotten pendulum, depression. And it's allergy season. People are, people are dying with all the pollen in the air, et cetera. And then he's going to touch a little bit on something that, you know, may not be public discourse typically, but we're going to talk a little bit about keeping your, your urinary tract, your, your bladder and stuff like that intact, because when your body starts to break down, it's a systematic thing, and one thing leads to another. It's really a domino effect. Uh, Eve, are you with us? How are you this evening, dear? I am. Hi, everybody. I, I'm I'm so glad to be back on on the show with y'all, and and thank oh, wow. you for your introduction. I really, you know, we do have that passion to, you know, having seen all that we have seen, and I know we've talked, um, and I I told you you can't even begin to ma- imagine what we've seen, and our goal is to help people not ever have to live through what we've seen others live through. So thank you for having me on again. I'm really appreciative, and um, I love partnering with you guys. I love being a sponsor for you because we so believe in what you're doing as well. Uh, Well, Eve, thank you for those words of encouragement. Folks, let me reiterate before we get started. Support our sponsors. It's that simple. You know, we take a lot of heat. People drop comments on our YouTube chat boards and, and so on and so forth. But the reality is this. If we could do all of this for free, we would, but that's just not how life works. And at the Hagman and Hagman Report, I shared this with you folks when I was live in studio two weeks ago, we put a dollar's worth of production value up every night for a dime spent, and that's reality. It's the exact opposite of how Hollywood runs. And people like Eve Gonzalez are a hugely important part of our venture, and I'm just going to be blunt. It is organizations like Trading Post in the Woods that enable people like myself to be part of this organization and bring programs like the one we're bringing to you tonight with with George Webb and John B. Wells and and the World Net Daily uh, investigative journalists. So 
so, Eve, when we were talking uh, earlier, you told me about a recent situation that you got into uh, with a, frankly, underreported uh, natural disaster that's occurred here over the past couple months. Folks, we've had massive conflagration, wildfires like crazy uh, in Florida that then, I guess, swept over into Georgia. And I'm just going to kind of leave the story there. But, Eve, uh, uh, fill us in. What happened and, and, and what happened at Trading Post in the Woods? Okay, well, um, can I also say, as you were talking about how um, this, we as a sponsor help you, um, you know, to do your work, really what people are doing is to help us do our work as well because, you know, we're, help, we're out there educating. We're out there helping to supply people out doing disaster relief. And so I want to thank everybody who has been wonderful as well to us. The Hagman and Hagman listeners have been wonderful, so thank you. Um, what we had going to this, um, it was a massive, and it still is going on right now. Um, it started from a lightning strike about six weeks ago and set off a huge um, a swamp fire. It began in the swamp, um, the Okefenokee Swamp, and it started in West Mims, um, Florida, and it has gone into Georgia. And um, about a week ago, we had over a thousand firefighters here trying to help fight it. Um, it has improved, and we're down to 85% contained. Um, but what happened was our um, that fire was heading into a, the county where we have um, our farm. It's where we do our research. It's where we, um, you know, do all the work that we do. I mean, it's like our headquarters. And um, the fire was heading straight towards St. George, Georgia. And um, they were in jeopardy of actually losing that town. Um, if it had gone through that town, it would have been heading to us in the same county. And I actually was supposed to be a um, commencement speaker at a graduation and had to turn around and come back because on the day I turned around, we had 25-mile-per-hour winds. Embers were going one to three miles, you know, beyond where the fire was. And though we have, being of the preparedness mind, done a beautiful job at putting in fire breaks and, and other necessities and clearing out trees and doing the things we needed to, we could not sustain. We could not keep that fire off our property if it was going to come. And so I had to turn around and we had to have all feet on the ground to um, come up with the game plan to handle a situation we never anticipated. Uh, we anticipated fires, um, but we did not anticipate such a huge fire um, with winds of 25 mile per hour. And so it's really what sparked me to write the article, Stop Kidding Yourself, um, that you guys have put up on, on your um, site for others to read because it was just a reminder that you know, sometimes we think we're prepared and we kid ourselves. I'm, you know, the whole purpose of stop kidding yourself is because we tell ourselves, oh no, I'm good. I'm set. Um, and as you know, when we talk and I drill you and I go, well, what would you have done? Now, what, how would you handle that? <laughs> and, um, and that is, that's my mindset. When you have seen death, chaos, and destruction, you then look at everything that goes on and goes, okay, you find where you weren't 
truly prepared and go, now how do I improve that? How do I make it better? How do I have to, in a moment's notice, um, switch and, and head in a whole different direction without panicking? And and that's one of the things I try to teach people. And I'm really hoping people will go ahead and, and read that article and really seriously evaluate where they're at because you're well-prepared, I'm well-prepared, and yet I can still find holes in your plan. And I'm sure you could find holes in mine if we really sat down and we talked about it. And so it's, it's really important. Um, it doesn't have to be... Um, you know, a financial collapse, it, it could just simply be a fire that completely wipes you out. And on the day that that fire was heading towards our farm, a fire broke out two miles south of our home. And so we had two different fires going on in two different locations, both of which could have affected and taken out on one day both of our homes. And um, so it, it was. It was a crazy day. Um, it was kind of a crazy three, four days. Um, but we came through fine, and and praise God, St. George came through fine. And um, you know, the we did finally get some rain, and that's starting to go out. But a hundred and fifty. Let me see. I just spoke with them tonight. A hundred and fifty-two thousand four hundred and seventy-eight acres of um, forest have burned. And um, that's, um, let me see, We at one point we did have over a 1,000 firemen. We're down now to under 900 that are here um, fighting the blaze to try to get it under control. So well, um, Eve, thank praise, you. Praise Any firemen listening, thank you, you know, Amen. for all those helping. Well, praise God that, that, that the Trading Post in the Woods Research Center and Warehouse and Farm were, were spared, and that's, no doubt a God shot. That's, that's a blessing uh, from on high. You know, uh, as I was listening to you speak, uh, it, folks, many of you know this verse. I actually carry this handwritten in my wallet. It's, it's Proverbs 22.3, and it, it informs us, quote, this is from the ESV, uh, the pr- or, I'm sorry, the NIV, uh, quote, the prudent see danger and take refuge, but the simple keep going and pay the penalty. Now, I wanted to mention that because what Eve just uh, instructed all of us by way of explaining this this Okefenokee swamp fire that covered two states, I mean, 156,000 acres, is that, uh, believe me when I tell you folks this, if anyone is prepped up, uh, it's Eve and her team at Trading Post in the Woods. And yet, when the rubber met the road, when the embers were flying in 25-mile-per-hour winds, they were immediately aware that, that all of their preparation, there were still holes in the preparation plan. So, Eve, I'm going to take a quick moment to describe uh, uh, what's happened on my end, and then I'll hand it back to you, and we'll jump into okay. talking about some of these ailments that, that no doubt trouble a bunch. I guarantee you a bunch of our listeners right now heard the word insomnia or anxiety or depression, and they grabbed a color crayon, back of the envelope, whatever they could find. Yeah, and I just want to, I just want to underpin this, John. People are looking for solutions here. This is about solutions that Eve is providing and you're providing, so thank you. But go ahead. I, I just want to, just kind of want to, you know, put the exclamation point on that uh, sentence. Go ahead. Well, Doug, thank you, and I want to reiterate as well, folks, we are working as hard as we can at Hagman Report to drop tools in your toolbox. And that's, it's not good enough. It's not 2012. It's not 2013 anymore. Just a big dissertation on the problems is not going to cut it. We all need to go into proactive solution mode. Now, I had a situation a couple months back where I sliced all three layers off the top of my hand. 
Uh, and Joe, I believe I sent you a picture of that. It was a huge mess. I lost two pints of blood. And folks, this was not some major industrial accident. I, I had a, a, a drinking glass that I was washing in the sink cut my hand open. And I wound up in the ER the next morning uh, white as a sheet. And I, they wouldn't even let me stand up. That's how much blood I had lost. And I am a very prepared guy. Of course, I have a trauma kit, and it's packed away neatly with all the other preps. I didn't have the the quick clot, the, the little pads that actually help blood clot. In speaking with Eve, she said to me so sweetly, she said, John, you could have just used cayenne pepper. It would have hurt like crazy, and you would have never forgot the moment, but the cayenne would have clotted your hand. Folks, that would have saved me a $690 trip to the ER. So I want to encourage you folks to give Eve Gonzalez a call. This is a direct action type of thing. And, and Eve, I have permission to give out your number, correct? Yes, you do. Okay, thank you. So folks, you can reach Eve uh, for consultation at uh, area code 912-996-7601. Again, that number is 912-996-7601. Or you can email her at M. that's E-V-E and the letter M, at tradingpostinthewoods.com. Here's what went down, folks. Uh, three months ago, $690 trip to the ER that I could have mitigated with a half teaspoon of cayenne that I had in the cupboard. But most recently, uh, while Hagman Report was on live on Tuesday night, uh, my little cat, her, her name actually is Lil Cat, um, she got in a huge fight with, with this mancoon that's been prowling around the property where I live. And it was a pretty bad fight, folks. Little Cat took three puncture wounds, uh, one in the back and two on her shoulder. And she was she was immobile on Wednesday. She she didn't move. She seemed really sick. She had glazed over eyes. And she's 11 years old. I was really worried about her. And of course, you know, Eve. The first thing I thought was, great. I'm looking at minimum minimum a $250 trip to the vet. And I was speaking with Eve yesterday morning on the phone, and we were just coming up with our our battle plan for the month of June. And Eve. God, she's, she's so sweet the way she does this, but she has no problem pointing out uh, deficiencies in where you can improve your preps, and I love that about <laughs> Eve and creating posts in the woods. So she said, look, John, go get your, uh, go get your homeopathy remedies. Go get the uh, survival natural pack that I sent to you a couple months ago, and she told me exactly what to do. I pulled out – folks, this is like a cool little thing. You get this little box in the mail. You get all this information, some great reference materials. This is bozo-proof, Okay. So she told me, she goes, John, I, they're in alphabetical order. So go three over and two down to the right. <laughs> and she had me pull from this kit. Uh, these are the names of the products. Sick Stopper, Inflammation, and Fever-Infection. And she just told me, look, you've got a little cat. I told her how much she weighs. She said, okay, I want you to treat the cat as you would a very small child. And I, I want you to add three drops of these homeopathic remedies to her food, and it's going to help her immensely. Now, to be honest, folks, I'm new to homeopathy. I, I barely knew what it was before I met Eve a few months back. I'm telling you, it's been, what, about 27, 28 hours. I have given her uh, a total of 24 drops of each product on her food. It's no big deal. It's completely flavorless. It has no smell, no flavor. It's totally neutral. She not only has made a 100% turnaround comeback, but she was out poking around uh, in the backyard uh, chasing bugs and whatnot a couple hours ago. So, folks, I'm talking about a a 100% improvement. And, again, Eve, thank you so much because you saved me minimum 
$250 to a vet trip. And had we not talked yesterday morning and you helped me out, I would have been at the vet yesterday afternoon. That's how sick uh, Lil Cat was. So, Eve, I want to invite you back into the conversation. And, Doug, before we punch out for tonight, I want you to remind folks what went on with Lady the Studio Dog as well. Well, you know, I'm I'm very I'm very happy that you shared um, that story about Lil Cat, um, and also I think you need to mention about how stressed you were. <laughs> oh, right, and I like right. to yeah, take I that panic, okay? <laughs> so, folks, yeah, just just real quick. So, I just admitted to Eve I was like, my head's gonna pop. I'm super stressed. <laughs> she was laughing. She's like, yeah, I can kind of, I can kind of tell. She goes, okay, remember they're in alphabetical order. Go four over and two down. Look in the S's. <laughs> so I pulled out. Uh, I've got it right in front of me. It's called stress, stress panic. panic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't quite at panic, but I was definitely at the top of stress. She says, John, put six drops of this in some water and drink it. And I'm not kidding. I'm, I'm 200 pounds, guys. So I drank this stuff. And what was it? Maybe. Maybe a minute later, Eve. I I was what? like, and you know what? And yeah, <laughs> it, it, it probably you were like, Eve. Could it really be working already? Here's the thing that you have to remember. Now you didn't have to put it in water. You could put it right under your tongue. Okay, you could have just put six drops right under your tongue. I have to say, I cannot treat, diagnose, or prescribe. I am simply telling you things that I would do or historically what has been done. Okay, I I have to say that to cover myself. I also cannot say anything heals or cures. Okay, I I can't say that, and, and we've talked about it, but that's a, a restriction. Well, um, maybe you can't. However, maybe you can't say it, but I can, folks. I took the stress exactly. Uh, and it, and it, <laughs> okay, it, I I would buy the kit. So so again, Eve, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but folks, to reiterate, uh, big cut on my hand three three and a half months ago. Eve was willing, would have been willing at that time even to help me with a product that's not even trading posts in the woods. We got it at the grocery store. It's cayenne pepper. Would have saved me a trip to the ER. And, and again, you saved me at least minimum 250, but it could have been three, four, five hundred. Well, Who knows? And uh, you know what? That that's part so of our goal. Work. These products work. Man. Well, and that's part of our goal to educate you, okay? Because I sit there and I go, what would happen? And I've asked you this question. What happened if a disaster went on and that situation occurred? What are you going to do? Now is the time to figure it out. Now is the time to to liberate yourself from the need to constantly be running, whether it's to a vet or a doctor or whatever. And, again, I have to say I'm not telling you not to go to a doctor, okay? I cannot do that. But... To learn what else is out there for you, and, exactly. and that way, Steve, let's do you this. know what? I'm sorry, I, I, I don't, I don't no, want to be, be, be rude, but we've got about five and a half minutes till we go out to break. Okay, we cool. We promised folks that okay. we would cover insomnia, anxiety, depression, okay. and allergies. I'm going to turn it okay. over to you. Let's do about a minute on each one. Okay, and um, basically, whatever issue that you have, um, there is a homeopathic natural remedy for it. And insomnia is something. In fact, I was just listening on the news that if you don't get seven to eight hours or at least six hours, your chance of sleep each night, your chance of having a heart disease or a heart attack um, is double that of somebody who gets a good night's rest. Um, Plus you end up seeing needles everywhere. Insomnia, well, insomnia is just simply a remedy that helps you sleep better. Um, you know, when you look at stress, look at what stress panic did for you. Um, we have had quite a few, 
Hagman and Hagman listeners, whether it is insomnia or whether they, in fact, one woman was so emotionally stressed, she couldn't even leave her home and started doing the stress panic and it greatly improved her life. She's now out and about shopping and doing all kinds of things. Um, you know, so you look at each one of those. Um, the stress panic is, is one that, that, um, you know, that's our label. Um, you also, people who suffer from depression. What are you going to do if a disaster happens and you're on a, um, anti-anxiety medicine? What's the game plan? Find it out now. There are homeopathics to help you, um, for somebody who, ha- you know, is emotionally challenged, um, and struggling, um, you know, whether it's, because I cannot say depression. That's a word that's owned by the medical world. So, um, you know, but if you suffer with a situation like that, then there's a homeopathic for it, and you need to start learning what to do now. Um, Tell me which bottle and give me a straw. It's, well, it's like... <laughs> well, <laughs> it you need a good game plan. But think about it. If you live in a neighborhood and everybody is on an antidepressant drug and all of a sudden there's no pharmacies, you're in trouble. I would be getting out of there um, because what happens when all their medicines run out? Okay, so when you start to learn about homeopathy and all the different things available, you know, whether it, it has to do with insomnia, whether it's depression, whether you have bladder issues, it doesn't matter. There is a natural alternative and natural options. And the more you know and the more tools that you have, the better off you're going to be, whether it's just your everyday life like little cat, okay? My dog was just um, bit by a copperhead. I didn't take my dog to a vet. We treated our dog naturally, and she survived and is doing great. Um, and and so the insomnia, the um, you know, the, we call it blue moods. So um, the product that that we sell is called Blue Moods. Um, it helps people who are struggling emotionally. Um, you know the. We have one, like I said, basically for any situation you have, there is a natural alternative. And well, um, and I just this. have to say that homeopathy in the eyes of the United States government is a law. I mean, I'm sorry, it is a drug. And it's in the United States pharmacopoeia. And that made it a drug. Eve, let's do this. We've got about a minute and a half, two minutes. I just want to give okay. folks your contact information again, and we'll give you the last word. Folks, you can reach okay. Eve directly. Now, I want you to hear me here. Don't take your pet to the vet. Don't suffer with your allergies. Just call Eve, and she's going to help you out. We're talking about dimes on dollars, and I'm on the air tonight simply to tell that story because it works. So it's 912-996-7601, or simply go to tradingpostinthewoods.com, one of our valued sponsors. All the contact information is right there on the homepage, not to mention a great wealth of other information. And, folks, be sure to go to hagmanreport.com and read the article that Eve, that Eve penned, Stop Kidding Yourself. It's at the top of hagmanreport.com. Remember, two ends on Hagman. Eve, I'm going to give you the last word, and thank you so much for joining us tonight. Okay, well, thank you. And, and I have to say, I'm not the one who said don't go to your vet. 
That was John. <laughs> okay. I'll say it I again. have to Don't cover myself there. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, I just, you know what? Be prepared. Um, in everyday life, in the event of a disaster, we, with everything going crazy around the world, and here at home with natural disasters and and even simple things, you just need to be prepared. And so I, I'm just very appreciative for the work that you all are doing. Thank you for supporting us on the work that we're doing. We work together as a team. Um, I believe anybody who's out there trying to help people really know the truth, we work together as a team. And so thank you. And thank you, John, and thank you, Eve, for coming on. Folks, if you go to HagmanReport.com, there is a uh, post by Eve Gonzalez. Stop kidding yourself. Check that out and, and read it. It's a it's a lengthy article, but it's a very important Indeed, Eve, thank you so much. John, thank you so much uh, for conducting that interview. And you guys have a great evening. Thanks so much. You too. God bless you. Thank you, Joe. God bless. Eve, God bless you, dear. All right. When we come back, we will be joined by George Webb, and he is going to get into some important information on what we've been talking about uh, in the first half of the show. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Just what kind of thriller predicts the future? In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. 
You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in this community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. At HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. Welcome back, folks, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We are about ready to be joined by George Webb. He's got a very, uh, he's got, he's famous on the internet. Uh, he's got a very uh, wildly popular YouTube uh, channel and YouTube following. It began, um, I think, 214 days ago with an entry, Where in the World or Where is Eric Braverman? And it has expanded into uh, areas covering the Awan brothers. We've talked about the Awan brothers uh, covering the Seth Rich homicide. We've talked about that. Uh, Ratlines. Um, uh, he's he's out in the field, and, and it's very interesting how he does his investigations. He'll take uh, in real time. He'll show you, for example, the other day, yesterday, or the day before. He went, uh, uh, he went to, well, he goes to numerous locations to, uh, uh, to locate individuals, people. And it's, it's very interesting. And he shows, uh, through the use of his camera, he shows his investigative results. By the way, uh, just want to mention portions of this episode brought to you by healthmasters.com. That's healthmasters.com. Doug 5, Doug on the number 5 is a coupon code for 5% off. Shop at healthmasters.com for all of your health needs. If nothing else, folks, get the ultimate multiple. But uh, I, I I shop there often because I do feel better from Health Masters. Uh, but, but moving along here, um, it, it, Eric Braverman is where George Webb started. And for those who, of you who don't know who Eric Braverman is, um, Eric Braverman is the former Clinton Foundation CEO who um, hasn't been seen or heard from in quite some time. Um, very interesting, very interesting set of circumstances. And, of course, Braverman is, um, I believe he's got a husband in New York City. But aside from that, the investigation of by George Webb moved on to the Owen brothers and points in between and pretty soon the uh, and in fact George Webb I believe was uh, actually was one of the first if not the first to discuss uh, to discuss the five Awan brothers AWAN brothers and their two wives in the congressional um in in the congressional uh, um the 20 uh, um 20 burglaries uh, in the in the congressional offices, and really at the heart of everything here, when we come down to the wire, it's it's again the old uh, story: the hack versus the leak. And 
it, it will unravel things because uh, uh, the the narrative of the Russian hack of uh, the Russian hack. Okay, uh, you prove that incorrect, or if you show that incorrect, it'll uh, it'll really whittle down the uh, it'll get to the truth rather fast, rather quickly, and. I could go on and on and on, but you kind of, there's a foundation for George Webb. We had him on, I believe it was February 26th or thereabouts initially, and his following, his investigation, his investigative work product has really grown since that time. And the findings, the research findings that, that, that he's done, just amazing. Um, and he is, caught the attention of numerous numerous people in fact yesterday or the day before or this week he has been in D.C. Uh, with a number of congressional people notifying them um, uh, okay Eric the Tech just said yeah he'll be on in about a minute so that's pretty cool so yeah, so we're anxious to, to kind of get the overview we're going to go into this get an overview of what he's done so far and then work quickly to the current day where he's at and then also find out what we all can do each one of us to advance uh, to help him and to advance his investigation so uh, we are going to, we are going to skip the bottom of the hour network break okay so eric i just want to let you know ahead of time let's give him the full let's give him the full time here we're going to skip the bottom of the hour network break um and we do have him on the line so with that george webb Internet uh, sleuth extraordinaire. George, how are you, sir? Hey, great, Doug. I'm in, uh, I'm had dinner here with uh, Dr. Jerome Corsi and, and uh, Jason Goodman. Uh, so wow. uh, you're going to have kind of all three of us here. Well, uh, hey, Doctor Corsi, <laughs> it's been a while. How you doing? I'm going to just get, I'm going to just give the phone to Doctor Corsi a second, just to verify that he is still alive here in Washington D.C. Okay. Hey, Doug. Doug, Jerry hey, Doctor. Yeah, how you doing, Doctor Corsi? Great. I'm, I'm great. Oh man, it's great. We're having dinner well, it, here it, tonight. It's a pleasure to. It's a, it's a thrill to talk to you, man. It's been a while since I've seen you, but uh, thanks for being part of the discussion. Hop in any time. Always really. my pleasure. Always my pleasure. I mean, I think the last time we were together was in one of the meetings. I remember being on your show in person. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It was great. It was great. You, you do a great job, uh, Dr. Corsi. And well, folks, thanks. Dr. You're very kind. Well. You're very kind. Uh, well, well, I, I got to ask, well, what are we having tonight? What, well, what here's we... George. He'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm going to let those two guys talk now. And, uh, George, George order, order me a side of wings. Or Prime Rev here at Morton's on uh, the terrace. There you go. There you go. Now we're going to triangulate and get a drone, and it's going to just be a mess. But anyway, George, uh, I, I set I set the foundation. Basically, you, you began this with we know where is Eric Raverman, and this has gone through the Awan brothers. I mean, you, you've developed this this huge investigation, and you've done very well. Uh, where do you want to start here? Because there there are people at different levels of understanding and knowledge. Where do you want to start first? Well, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of competing uh, theories and uh, things going on right now. I mean, things are very much in flux. I'm here in D.C. I'm talking to a lot of different congressmen and senators, and uh, you know, things are in flux. 
there's a couple of alternative theories right now, and we're really trying to figure it out. I mean, there's one that Eric Braverman is the guy who did the four leaks, the four leaks being DNC hacks, Podesta leaks, the DCC leaks, the Democratic caucus leaks, which most people don't kind of forget about, and then the Clinton Foundation leaks. So there's four leaks there. Is that one leaker, or is Seth Rich a leaker, and Sean Lucas a leaker, and then Eric Braverman? There's it, the whole thing comes down to one, you know, really fundamental question: it's a leak versus a hack. If it's a Russia hack and all the CNN stuff, or is it a leak? And uh, I got some great information from Dr. Corsi tonight about, you know, more information to support the la- the hack, I mean, excuse me, the leak scenario. Um, and, and Seth Rich and then Sean Lucas being very much a good friend of Seth Rich and very much a part of the DNC and being a, an employee of the DNC. So that was a piece I didn't have before tonight. He, uh, Dr. Corsi has said, he has high-level intelligence officials that are telling him that Sean Lucas was an employee of the DNC. The reason why that's important is if you are trying to get a thumb drive, and we're talking about the WikiLeaks thumb drive network now, if you're trying to get a thumb drive to Julian Assange, you might use Sean Lucas as an inter- intermediary in that uh, in that drop of the thumb drive. All right. Now, now uh, Sean Lucas was uh, was he an attorney? He was a process server, I think. Right? Uh, He's just a process server. He wasn't an attorney or anything. But 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 as Dr. Corsi and I both agreed, they he they were both ideologues. They were both kind of Bernie Kratz, like I am. They both believed that Hillary had had tilted the table or put her finger on the scale or however you want to say it against Bernie. They thought that was unfair. They 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 witnessed the Get Bernie meeting of the eighth or the seventh, the seventh of February. They witnessed the chair throwing where they were where the Hillary people threw the chairs in Las Vegas, and then they uh, blamed it on the Bernie people. They witnessed the uh, New York primary, I believe, of, of May first, where all the get out the vote was was suppressed in New York, the primary, uh, and they were fed up. They were fed up. So they decided to act. Now, we still don't know what days, the, uh, we're still trying to figure out what days the uh, thumb drives were handed over. You know, and that's metadata. We're looking at metadata now. We're looking at where, tracing the steps of Seth Rich and Sean Lucas to, to figure out the metadata. All right. And then that makes sense because metadata does not lie. So, okay. I mean, the collective um, nature of it. Okay. All right. So, um, ultimately, resolving these questions will resolve the bigger question of hack versus leak. And now, it's my understanding, you are kind of identifying the players in this uh, and the contacts, which include, but are not limited to uh, uh, Michael Ratner, uh, John Jones, um, uh, Gavin uh, McFadden, who's deceased, as well as John Jones and Ratner, uh, Craig Murray, 
and of course, perhaps Eric Braverman. Now you're tossing Lucas into this. Sean Lucas is perhaps a, a runner, uh, a part of the rat line of thumb drives. Is that, yes. that, that to yes. WikiLeaks? Okay. All right. That's exactly correct. And, and uh, what I disclosed to Dr. Corsi tonight was that I was a member of the, uh, what uh, informally was known as the WikiLeaks network which is an up-down network, and it, you don't know, in, in a blind network, you don't know when you're passing thumb drives, you don't know anything more than your downstream and your upstream. You don't know anything more than where you're getting the thumb drive from and where you're giving it to. And you don't know what's on the thumb drive. So, Kim.com is saying, oh, I'm this, you know, incredibly pivotal player. I was the participant. I was a participant of giving thumb drives to Michael Ratner, okay, in New York. I knew Michael Ratner mirrored everything that he did and mirrored everything he got on WikiLeaks to John Jones in London. I know for a fact that Gavin McFadden got all his information from John Jones. He was the feed point. John Jones was the feed point. Michael, I mean, excuse me, uh, Gavin McFadden ran a journalism school every year uh, with all the kids coming in to uh, Canada with the university in uh, in London. That's where they got all the kids to bring in the, the thumbnails. So I don't have proof that Eric Braverman went to Ratner to give the thumb drives. You, you got to remember, there's four leaks. There's four leaks, and this is Jerome Corsi and I disagree on this. There's four leaks. There's the Democratic Caucus leak, the DCC leak. People forget about that. There is the DNC leaks. There is also the leaks from uh, Podesta leaks, and then there's also the Clinton Foundation leaks. The one person that would have had access to all four of those bodies of information would have been Eric Braverman. Sean Lucas wouldn't have known anything about the Democratic Caucus. He wouldn't have known anything about the Podesta, the emails, because that was not DNC. That was the, you know, Center for American Progress. And he wouldn't have known anything about the Clinton Foundation. So the one person, it could be, there's two scenarios here. One could be that there's a Seth Rich leaker and then there's a Podesta leaker and it's it's Fuzzy Bear and it's Cozy Bear and and uh, whatever, uh, Happy Bear, or whatever the CrowdStrike, whatever the Schumer, uh, you know, scenario, Schumer, Adam Schiff, the hoax, Russia hoax scenario. I can't remember even what they, they call it, Cozy Bear, Cozy Bear. Or... It could be that there is one really disaffected person within the within the Clinton Foundation that is giving all four of these leaks, four different drops, four different thumb drives. And then the other alternative scenario is there's a Seth Rich leaker, that's one, and there's a Finesse leaker, that's two, there's a Democratic Caucus leaker, that's three, and there's a Clinton Foundation leaker, that's four, that's Eric Braverman. So... We're hot on the trail. We're in hot pursuit. We don't know the answer, you know, and uh, that's why I meet with your own course. You to try to figure right. this out. 
Well, I think this is of historic importance, ladies and gentlemen. Um, again, we're talking with George Webb and uh, Dr. Jerome Corsi as well is with uh, uh, George Webb. And, of course, a uh, filmmaker, I think you said, or uh, 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 Jason, who's part of the uh, team. I, I saw him on, on the videos. Um, but, but, George, let me just back up for just a second here to make this clear, just so it's clear in my mind. You're intimately familiar because you just said, and, and maybe I missed this, but you were part of the WikiLeaks. You were part of the WikiLeaks transfer of information, personally. Yeah. So yes, I was. So before WikiLeaks was even formed, there was an RT network. Before RT was even formed, there was a network of getting information between New York and London. And what you would do is basically thumb drives in Central Park is what I would call it. But uh, there were people that were not getting published uh, in Europe that needed to be published in the United States. So those thumb drives would come this way from, uh, you know, uh, people uh, writing, you know, basically authors or, or, you know, dissidents coming to New York. And then there was... Thumb drives going the other way for mainly South American journalists that felt like, you know, the CIA was being oppressive in South America. This was mainly through the Czech embassy in New York. That my right. experience. So Got I don't I don't have any more experience than that. Okay. But this okay. isn't wow. new. This isn't new and WikiLeaks was formed after that. And 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 thumb drive drops in Central Park are not new, uh, and that that's how it works. And okay. you know, I knew. I mean, I met Julian Assange in Australia in 1984 when he was a kid, and he is he is a piece of the puzzle, but he's not the whole puzzle. Um, this is bigger than Julian Assange, and I'll just leave it at that. Very good. All right. Wow. Now, now we've been to, to the people who've been following every one of your videos, and and I have, um, and you've got a great team of citizen researchers and journalists that are helping you as well. Uh, people yes. who have done a lot of research, and, and thank God for those people, and thank God for you. Um, all right. Uh, this is to me this this conversation is so big. It's huge. Um, do, do we, I mean, do we work backwards and talk, because overlapping all of this is the Awan brothers, is the, 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 the yeah. Democrat, so, so, I mean, where are we at with, where are the Awan brothers? Are they, have they, have they, have they gone back to Pakistan? Have you confirmed that, or are yeah. they still around, or? Well, the Daily Caller reported the, uh, today that they did actually go back to Pakistan. Now, we're not talking about one brother or two brothers or three brothers. We're talking about, four brothers and two wives all making $160,000 a year in the Congress uh, all going back to Pakistan. Now this is a guy, Imran, the ringleader who has threatened his stepmother with killing uh, her family if she didn't sign over her uh, inheritance to the Awan brothers. So this, this isn't a you know, genteel Pakistani intelligence group. This is a hardball Pakistani intelligence group. Now, this, these, these six operatives are in the United States Congress. 
I was, you know, on Capitol Hill today. I went to Andre Carson's office. I went to all the different offices uh, that employed them. Eighty, eighty, eight, zero different Democrats employed them over the last twelve years. Mm. And these folks, Pakistani nationals, are at the highest levels, have access to the highest levels of United States intelligence. So brought in by Andre Car- Carson brought him in, right, initially? Or was Carson the point of contact well, initially? Uh, or? Well, uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, and I believe before that, uh, Anthony Weiner, when he was a congressman from 1999 to 2001, they're really Anthony's trusted staff. You'll see, if you Google, if you Google uh, WikiLeaks and you say Anthony's trusted staff, I believe that's the Awan brothers in D.C. They're sending these phones, they're sending these phones to people, these Blackberries. What people don't realize, the members of Congress don't realize, is that these laptops, you only need one laptop in a member's office. And then the, la- the Blackberry is thinking all the time to the to the laptop. So in the Daily Caller articles, if you look up Luke Rosiak and other articles, you're going to see that there's all these, these thin clients that they talk about. So you put one thin client in the office, you can have five or six Blackberries in the members' offices. You're getting all their email, getting all their discussions with their donors, all their discussions with their fundraising, all their discussions for their committee meetings. You know, they're in the agricultural meetings, they're in the Ways and Means Committee, they're in the Judiciary Committee, they're in the uh, House, you know, Intelligence Committee. Uh, they're in the uh, Department of Homeland Security. I mean, they, everything. You know, these Blackberries sucked up everything. And the I was at the uh, D.C. police uh, headquarters today, the Capitol Police headquarters, and said, I want the police reports for your arrest of the one brothers. I want the descriptions of the 20 laptops and the 20... Blackberries that I believe are on the evidence list. I don't want. I don't need anything other than metadata. Just tell me what you confiscated in this robbery investigation of the U.S. Congress. Okay. okay. I mean that 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 is the key to the case. I mean, it, did, it's did a you, robbery. Did you did you get the information that you asked for? No, I talked to, I wanted to, the police uh, captain who was, I think if people look at the, uh, want to Google, uh, Vert, um, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting his name now, Vert, uh, like Verdance, V-E-R-D-E-R, Rosa, Verda Rosa. Yep. Uh, He's the captain of the uh, Capitol Police, and he was... Berated. If you watch this video, he is berated. He is threatened three times by, by Toby Washington Schultz. By yeah, what three was, times. What the heck, George? Uh, and I know. Look, I, we don't want to keep you from your dinner, but this is important stuff. Uh, it's day two, uh, two fourteen, uh, part fifteen, I believe. Right? We'll just kind of throw that in there on your just to honor you. Um, <clears throat> what the heck? What happened with? What's the deal with Schultz getting? Get, you know. Um, What's the deal with Schultz on this case? Well, she she's the one who's covering this because she is the main contact working with Anthony Weiner, working with Huma Abedin, working with Jackie Spears. 
she's the one who's orchestrating this, giving people blackberries that are surreptitiously sinking. And and they're really, I mean, I don't know how many members are hacked. Now, 80 members were supported by the Yuan brothers, but it could be all 400 because there's a Verizon store in the Capitol. I've been there. Uh, you can check my videos. There's an AT&T store. And they prominently, prominently display Blackberries. Now, these aren't the General Dynamics bulletproof Blackberries that are uh, approved by the NSA for no hacking. These are Hillary's private, secure, quote-unquote, secure Blackberries from Anthony Weiner's trusted, quote-unquote, trusted staff. Right. And uh, this is this is really, I mean, and... and People, most people don't think, oh, that's not so bad. You know, they're going to find out about an agricultural deal or whatever. No. Anthony, I mean, uh, Andre Carson uh, from Indianapolis, a representative from Indianapolis, sits on the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. He sits on the Department of Homeland Security Committee. He also sits on the critical subcommittee of the Emerging Threats Subcommittee. So this is where you would get a briefing on the timing, the timing of the, the Yemen raid. There you go. So you pr- you probably remember August sixth, two thousand one, where the helicopter shot down in Afghanistan and twenty two Navy SEALs died, and uh, thirty uh, U.S. servicemen died. Uh, the worst day in history of the Afghan war in terms of casualties. If this intelligence, I mean, you probably have already, with your listeners... That was 2011, think, by the way, folks. Yeah, I just wanted, you said 2001, it's 2011, but we got it, yeah. Oh, 2011, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, August 6, 2011, I apologize. Thank you very much, Doug, for that. Uh, but then uh, uh, this happened in Yemen, where they knew they were coming. Now... We have Pakistani nationals making $160,000 a year. Now, this is six people making $160,000 a year. Now, remember, they've threatened their stepmother with their, the, their, her relatives with kidnapping and killing. They have right. fled to Pakistan. They don't have U.S. passports. And these are the people that have access to our highest levels. I mean, they're working for Andre Carson. They, they are working on the emerging threat subcommittee that is a clear and present danger so what I if to U.S. servicemen now Doug now not like I'm not going back uh, to Hillary Clinton's time in Secretary of State I'm talking about right now uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz is still contracting with Imran Awan as a contractor these folks still have access to information on Capitol Hill. I know this sounds unbelievable, but it's true. And no, I've walked around and I've talked to members and said, it's an awareness campaign for me. I'm going around to different members saying, do you realize that these six nationals that have fled to Pakistan still are connected? I still have a, a pipeline into the United States Congress. Hmm. Okay. 
And, and so, so just just for the people who aren't up to speed, George, uh, uh, take a moment, grab, grab a you know, grab a sip of coffee or whatever or a drink. Sure. Um, you know, just for the people who aren't up to speed, we're talking with George Webb, uh, his YouTube channel, George Webb. Uh, you can search. In fact, we've got a link to his YouTube channel. Uh, he's on day four, two fourteen dot uh one three i think or one four um uh, on, on this investigation he began with uh you know where is eric braverman eric braverman of course being the former ceo of the clinton foundation it progressed that investigation progressed into the one brothers uh four brothers two wives working as uh, uh staffers it staffers for the people with uh, for, for a number of congressional uh, 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 Democratic uh, Congress people, including Andre Carson and others on sitting on high committees, he found the uh, found the the, uh, the fact that he connected that with the uh, uh, office break-ins, the twenty uh, uh, burglaries uh, of of the uh, offices, which. Uh, uh, the uh, equipment was taken from the uh, offices. Uh, he found other businesses associated with the Awan brothers, including uh, car dealerships that could be used as proprietaries or fronts for the CIA, for example, uh, and a number of things. He also found a situation where the step one of the uh, relatives, the, the stepmother or mother-in-law, I believe it is, of one of the of the Awan brothers, was being held captive in a, in a house in, in Virginia. I know this sounds. Absolutely insane, but I urge you to go through uh, the, the uh, investigative research of George Webb to understand just how deep this goes. Now we've got these uh, Pakistani people, these pa- Pakistani people working inside our Congress, inside our congressional building for, for um, Democrats uh, on the highest and most sensitive committees, perhaps leaking, providing information uh, to, to sources elsewhere, enemies perhaps, most likely. And liken that, or I shouldn't say liken that, uh, think about that in the context of the downing of um, Extortion 17, uh, the 22 Navy SEALs, August uh, 6, 2011. Could it be? Could it be? Could there be some connection there? And then, of course, that that goes into the, the WikiLeaks uh, situation. The hack versus leaks, and then uh, not only uh, uh, Eric Braverman, but you enter Sean Lucas, enter the names I talked about before: Michael Ratner, John Jones, uh, Gavin McFadden, uh, Craig Murray, and again Eric Braverman. So all of this is tied up, and this is the the path of investigation. As shotgun as I did it, and and really kind of cumbersome as I did it, this is what George Webb is on, and of course now uh, of late. Here uh, and he got into this what a month or two ago. Seth Rich, that homicide, and for all the people calling this a conspiracy theory, what George Webb has found is suggestive evidence that no, this is not a conspiracy theory. This could very well be the difference between um, a hack versus a leak, and if it is shown to be a leak, will ultimately blow out of the water any. Allegations of Russian hacking uh, with the DNC, and, and he named four different hacks. Uh, but but you, you can get into that yourself. 
So this is where we're at. So if it sounds kind of like, my goodness, what is he talking about? What are we talking about? Well, you've got to get, get the background from George's investigative work product. And now he's talking as we sit today. Um, and I didn't know this. He was part of the leak system. Uh, maybe that's not the right word, but part of the system. So he knows the inner workings of how this works. And he's, of course, being able to apply it to today. Now he's sitting with Jerome Corsi in Washington, D.C., in our nation's capital. And here we have it. And, of course, in all of its glory, shall we say. George, I hope I did you okay with that. That was a good, that was a good summary. Um, so the, the beautiful, thank you so much. Uh, the beautiful part about all this is that every person that you meet along the way uh, helps. Uh, yes, Dr. Corsi is uh, tremendous. You know, you gain 50 yards when you throw the ball to him. But everybody who comes to the website helps with with Google searches and so forth. And um, it's a it's an open source media project that you've come to the channel and people send me leads. I get leads. Of course, I get leads from intelligence sources. Of course, I get help from NYPD, ex NYPD. I court, you know, ex retired FBI and, and current FBI through proxies. But also open media, open, open media, open source research is every bit, if not more powerful. So, uh, I would just encourage everybody to go to the channel, um, and, um, you know, help in any way you can. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna embarrass Dr. Corsi here and just say good night. Um, I am, uh, my stake is here. And I'm going to just have uh, Dr. Corsi say goodnight. All right. Thank you, George, for checking in with us. How are you? Dr. Corsi, is that you? Yes. Yes, me right here. All right. Dr. Corsi, I just want to say goodnight. Follow next week. We're going to do a lot of um, Infowars.com expose of um, Seth Rich murder. We're going to break open the case of this whole Russian collusion nonsense. Yep. And once it's broken open, the uh, entire Democratic National Party establishment is going to come crashing down. I love it. And you're the guy to do it. You and, yeah. Go ahead. Well, these guys are good too, but you know, we're going to start it, we're going to start it next week and we're going to be doing a lot of it in InfoWars and we're going to, uh, make sure the truth is brought to the American people. Uh, the perversion and the corruption of the Democratic Party. And the uh, need to support Donald Trump and this Russian nonsense we got to get rid of. It's all a lie. There's no evidence. And it's going to turn back on Hillary and Podesta, who are the two who are really in the back pocket of Russia all along. Wow. Okay. Well, we're going to be, uh, we will be promoting your appearance on InfoWars. We'll be promoting InfoWars because, uh, your, your investigative work product as well is always spot on and we really appreciate it. Dr. Horst. Well, it's always a great, it's always a great pleasure to be with you and I strongly support your efforts. You've been a stalwart for years and I've always supported what you've done. God bless you and thank you very much. Hey, have a great dinner, both of you, all three of you, that is. Uh, God bless you, and we'll be uh, praying for you. Order a dessert on us. All right. Wow. Uh, now, let me tell you something, guys and, and ladies and Joe and Eric and John. Uh, just wow. Think about this now. Now, this is, to me, this is absolute real on-the-ground newsroom 
you know, the old time journalism. This is the investigative journalism that we don't have with the, with the corporate media. You get a bunch of crap, uh, you know, that, that, that are, that's polished to make it look like it's something that's believable when in fact, this is on the ground. Look, we're eating dinner. Uh, I know for a fact, I mean, I know Georgia's schedule today, um, the you know, meeting at seven o'clock, the meeting extended, hadn't eaten, sat down to eat. Let's talk about the issues. Here's the issue. If you're catching up, just catching up to this late, you've got to go to George Webb, WEBB's channel. Uh, and I've talked to George off air, of course. Um, you got to go to his channel and get caught up on things. Trust me when I tell you that there's a lot of information there that will fill in these blanks. But here's the bigger thing. He referenced the, the homicide of Seth Rich as being a school play. Look up school play, what that represents. Things are not as they appear. And, of course, along with this, we can get into that. We can widen this because this exposes DynCorp. It exposes rat lines. It exposes organ harvesting as crazy as that sounds. And I know that sounds crazy. Organ harvesting. Think about that. There's big money to be made, by the way, on organ harvesting. But here is the feet on the ground research. I guess it's safe to say this at this point, given the fact that we know that George Webb is with Jerome Corsi now in D.C. and there's been a lot of things been done. Folks, when I said new mandate, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting uh, getting our hands dirty and getting in the trenches to bring you the news. I want to thank John Robertson for setting this up. I know it was not easy. And I know, you know, you're chasing around five, six different people because they are on the ground doing investigations. I'll tell you one thing. If, you know, if somebody would have called me and I'm in the middle of an investigation like George's or like Liz or like, um, you know, you just, you don't have time. You don't really have time, but, but they made time. And I want to thank John Robertson for his efforts and thank you for listening. But the fact is this, the new mandate does... We are going to be in the trenches because of the time for just sitting behind a microphone and saying, well, you know, this is a problem, that's a problem. Those days are over. We must be a part of the solution. And in order to be part of the solution, we must turn over some rocks to see what's underneath those rocks. And I do know what's coming next week. I do have an idea of what's of, of what's going to be said next week. And trust me when I tell you, it's not pretty. None of this is pretty. By the way, this show is three hours. The other 21 hours is not just, well, you know, let's do show prep, let's just look. No, no. A lot of this is talking with contacts, working things out. Where are we going to, how can we help you? What information can we provide? It takes, you know, and it takes a lot to do that. And and that's why we've got a good investigative team working on our behalf. And that's why we, we appreciate your support. Meanwhile, as we're doing this, as we're doing what you just heard, we're smacking off the, and you can't hear this or you can't see this on Global Star, but we're smacking down the, you know, the ankle biters and the people on us and get away, get away. You know, we got somebody by the throat. This is what we're involved in. This is what life is today. A lot different than 2012. Things are going to get very, very bad. And I wrote an article about three years ago, the DHS source, things are about to get ugly. Well, they're getting ugly right now. 
are getting very ugly. And the closer you get to this this uh, this killing, the solution of this uh, the Southridge killing, the, the the more you the closer you get to exposing people like well the people on the inside who have been selling this country out bit by bit, piece by piece. The Muslim infiltration, the communist infiltration, it is a fact. It is not fiction. Muslim infiltration, communist infiltration, working together, the red and the green, working together to supply information to our enemies under the Obama administration. It was nothing but, it was just rife with information going out. Donald Trump gets in there, he sees this, and of course, that much of the infrastructure is still in place. Why do you think we've got the problems we got right now? Why do you think we have the leaks coming out of Washington that we have? Why do you think the FBI has been compromised? Why do you think our CIA intelligence agencies are, are compromised or complicit in what's taking place right now? And the leaks are a big deal. They are. We should touch on this a little bit. There was, um, from the Manchester attacks, there were intelligence leaks to the New York Times that showed classified information that the U.K. sent to the U.S. And... um Today, the president called for a federal investigation, which I think is long overdue. He should have done this months ago. Into the deeply troubling links of sensitive intelligence information, including uh, information related to this week's suicide bombing in Manchester, England. The alleged leaks coming out of our government agencies are deeply troubling, the president said. We will get to the bottom of this because they pose a grave threat to our national security. And as I was going over this... Well, some leaks are necessary, I believe. Well, okay, and, and this is something that, that I let's talk about this because I, I agree with you on this. I don't believe that we, as a constitutional republic, some people say we're a democracy. I look, I understand we're not a democracy, but if that's the biggest complaint you have about a person uh, who says, "Well, this is a democracy," right. okay, come on. Okay, it's a constitutional republic, but I believe in keeping our government honest. Yes, if somebody if if somebody says if somebody sees something that's that's anti-constitutional, it is the yeah, job anti-constitutional yeah. leak it. Mm-hmm. And then and and what the minister uh, said they would stop sharing information with their American counterparts after photos appearing to show remnants of the bombing were published by the New York Times, and um, the name of the alleged bomber the Solomon Abedi was also published in U.S. news outlets before it was officially announced by U.K. authorities. And since this has been released, there has been some kind of agreement that they will continue to share information in the U.S. and the U.K. But, um, yeah, about about the leaks in general. You know, if we would have had more leaks um, pertaining to criminal conduct and um, unconstitutional actions under the Obama administration the actual scandals that the mainstream media and government covered up might have been more prevalent, not only in the media, but it might have been yeah. more, uh, you know, and back to George Bush's presidency, I wish, you know, a lot more stuff on 9-11 was leaked. Sure, why not? That would, that are, would have answered, or, right. yes. There are um, times where leaks are necessary, but to to just throw leaks out there to undermine... If it affects national security, of the administration, yes, security good. of the country, or another country's security, you know, you have to take a, a, a second look at that. Would you? What would you say about what Ed, Edward Snowden allegedly leaked? Uh, you know, the NSA information was that necessary? 
I think it was. If it's antithetical to the Constitution and, and if, if it yeah. shows the overreach of the police state, yeah, I think so. So I, I think, um, although the administration and governments aren't going to look at it this way, some leaks are necessary. That's right. Um, but this needs to, to be, this is an issue that needs to be taken care of, you know, immediately because, uh, with these leaks, somehow it gives a weird credibility to what we've been seeing in the news about these anonymous sources um, and others saying that they're leaking certain things like, uh, you know, the Comey memo or, um, you know, this Russian narrative. They're playing into the leaks, even though the leaks don't seem to be, they, they're not related to the, the Russian narrative because there's nothing that can be leaked that would prove anything because there's no evidence in the first place. Um, but with these leaks, especially during the Trump administration, with all these holes in the administration, with all the enemies from within, it is uh, undermining the presidency and affecting his ability to do his job just as much as the the media pushing fake narratives is. So there, this is something that can be stopped and should be stopped immediately. Uh, switching gears here, I wanted to make sure we touched on this. Yesterday, there's been a lot in the news about this. The uh, Montana government <laughs> governor race is, is Body today. Body slammed. And this yeah. is in a, in a, I forget what the exact term is, not an emergency election. But this is because the person who was in the seat in Montana got moved to the Trump administration. So in North Carolina, I believe, was where they did one. And this is like the third iteration of the Montana right, election. When people are appointed who are already elected officials from within the government, you have to hold elections for the the filling of the vacancies of those appointments. And Montana is one of those strange states that does this. And so yesterday there was a uh, an issue violence, I guess you could say, a body slam. It's actually on tape. It's not as bad as I made it sound. Um, about this this governor, uh, this this candidate for governor in Montana who body slammed or, or you know, scuffled with a reporter. And, and you know what, Joe? I, I watched, I, I heard the audio from that. I watched the video and heard the audio. Right. And if this, this uh, Republican, it doesn't matter if he's a Republican, Democrat, Independent, Purple, Green, Blue, if that, if, if, if what I heard if he did what he did, based on what I heard, then you know what? Shame on him, and he he doesn't have the demeanor or doesn't have the uh, disposition to be in power or to have, to hold office. That's what I think. Well, I haven't read the witness statements because I heard a few of them change their stories. They said he was punched, and and you look at the video. There was well, don't, no you, you don't, punches you don't, there. You, you, don't, you don't you don't touch someone else. From reading you know? what the 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 candidate's side of it was from his press secretary, they made it, he was in a they say he was in an in a private room in the campaign office giving an interview to another journalist well this other journalist comes in starts shoving a microphone in his face and and you know demanding his questions be answered which well whatever regardless look it is i'm not going to punch anyone unless i'm punched i'm not going to body slam anyone unless they body slam me first you know yeah, i'm, I'm going to respond yeah and this is all to me this is all child's crap right. to me now this is a diversion from from news only but it does show one thing this does do in my view it shows the uh lack of civility among the people out there and, and that's the worth of this story well and also the media's response uh, that too that too yes msnbc host how much blame does Trump get for Montana incident? Really? And there it is. Uh, he's, Trump is blamed and, for creating this environment. Right. CNN and MSNBC uh, have jumped on this, and 
The MSNBC anchor Craig Melvin naturally assumed President Trump deserved blame for the Montana congressional candidate Greg uh, Ganifort assaulting a reporter. And how much blame should President Trump get, considering some of the rhetoric that we've heard from his president, from this president, and well before he was president, from the candidate himself? What they take issue with, they say that he created some kind of uh, atmosphere of hostility against journalism and journalists, if they even can call themselves that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that led to this, you know, atmosphere where violence is okay against reporters. But all that's nonsense, and I just wanted to point that out. Back to the leaks real quick, because I found the story yeah, I was ahead. looking for. Go ahead. Leaks that I would say are acceptable. There's a story on Drudge that we talked about yesterday that's back up there under another publication today. Declassified memo shows FBI illegally shared spy data on Americans with private parties. Declassified memos show right. the FBI illegally shared spy data on Americans with private parties. Well, see, and, and, and that's that's really illegal, right? So, absolutely, especially if you're not going to get the desired uh, look. In this Obama, paragraph, Obama. the FBI has illegally shared raw intelligence about Americans with unauthorized third parties, violating other constitutional privacy protections, according to new declassified government documents. Right, exactly. That undercuts the Bureau's public awareness about how carefully it handles warrantless spy data to avoid abuses or leaks. In his final congressional testimony before he was fired, James Comey unequivocally told lawmakers his agency used sensitive espionage data gathered about about Americans without a warrant only when it was lawfully correct and carefully overseen and checked. Well, right. there was no uh, lawfully collecting. And, and we saw this under, under look, it's since 2005 forward, but especially under Obama, we saw this. The the intelligence agencies have been out of control, spying on everybody. This has been uh, anti-constitutional. It's been a violation of our fourth, fifth, and, and name the amendments, okay? This is in violation of our civil rights, just as uh, um, the TSA stuff is. But mm-hmm. my question to everyone is, Which is expanding. Are, are, are you, exactly, are you going to, the next time you fly, are you going to, you going to put up a fuss? Are we going to do something about this? Now is the time to draw a line in the sand. We must pull, push back. By the way, I want to just double back to, uh, because this does kind of connect. No, go ahead. You know, the Gateway Pundit, the Daily Caller, all of these uh, publications are talking about House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi arrogantly dodging questions from a reporter asking why the Pakistani the IT staff are under investigation by U.S. Capitol Police for cybersecurity breaches, still has a role as an advisor. Folks, we need to flood these 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 Cretans in the Capitol. Nancy Pelosi, we need to demand answers from her uh, and others associated with her, the, the, the congressional leaders. Why in the world are we allowing these Pakistani moles, in my view, to get in there and to share intelligence information that has the potential or has already killed troops in our country. This is treason. So, but so going back to what you just heard, George Webb, you just heard from George Webb and Dr. Jerome Corsi saying, look, here is the investigative, raw investigative data. We have done the investigation for you. There is a fox in this hen house, many foxes, and there is treason and seditious activity going on, and no one is holding anyone accountable. This is where we all come in. Under this new mandate, Let's. what are we going to do? We, we're not going to sit back here and just yip and yap and complain. No, we have to take action. How we take action, and this is why we're getting blowback right now, because believe me, nobody likes any of this. This is making a lot of people nervous. Uh, Liz Crokin, 
Alicia Powell asking questions about Seth Rich murder. Uh, George Webb, Dr. Corsi talking about the Awan brothers, the, the, all of this and the, the Seth Rich murder and Eric Braverman and all of the other, um, parts to this. Okay. We need to start asking questions or demanding answers to the questions that are being asked. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, key figure in this, notify the folks, do me a favor. And, and this, I'm going to sh- shut up because I'm losing my voice at this point, but he, here's, here's what everyone needs to do. You heard history tonight in, in my, in my opinion. You, you heard history uh, between Liz Crokin and Alicia Powell, George Webb and Dr. Corsi. That's just a tremendous program. Take, take the link to this program and, and I will tonight, after the program ends, I will segment. I will segment this out. Yeah, send a daily caller. Send a gateway pundit. Post it on George Webb's channel. Get it. It's posted on social networking. Don't let this die. Do not let this die. Do not let this. Do not squander this opportunity. We need your help. And by the way, by the way, uh, look. I, I, we don't. We we don't ask. We don't ask. But I'm asking now. If you've ever considered um, providing us financial support, we can use it now, because all of our assets are out there. And I didn't. I said assets, by the way. All of our assets are out there working. We're out there working. We're not on there. We are playing supportive roles in things that we can't even tell you about. So, if if you have the inclination, certainly support us. Uh, we we humbly ask you that. And if you can't do that, then we ask you to pray. And at the very least, tell others about this program. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Subscribe to our our social networking. Elevate our visibility so we can help others. I think we've demonstrated the fact that we are helping others. And just for the, with with that, I'm 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 going to sign off. I'm going to kick it over to you. Just for the people who are listening who might not be or have not watched on YouTube, because I've seen a, a number of emails that say your show is is too long to go through the whole show every day. You know, we don't have three hours a day. There's a few things you can do. If you download the podcast, there's a, fe- a feature in iTunes that lets you speed the the audio up, you know, 1.5 times, 2 times. And some people will get through the show by listening uh, with the, the sped up version. And also on YouTube, uh, what we've been doing for a while now is not only just posting the three-hour show on YouTube, but each night the video is segmented. Um, just an example tonight, you know, there will be a piece segmented uh, from the first segment, seven to seven thirty. There will be a piece with John well- John B. Wells. There'll be a piece segmented from the Liz Crokin Alicia Powell interview. There will be um, the one hour or however long piece of George Webb. Everything's still in the three hour video, and each individual guest has however long they're on is on there separately. All you do is go to our YouTube channel and click on videos, and you will see, um, you know, every day there's multiple videos that go up, and that all stems from, most of that stems from the three-hour show being being segmented. Uh, you just got to know who you're looking for and possibly the date or the relatively the, the relative date. Thank you for that. By the way, so I said I was going to sign off. I am right after this. Mm-hmm. Look, I don't agree with George Webb's politics. I'm not a Bernie supporter. He is. But it doesn't matter. See, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter because we're all on the same side, the side of truth. 
we'll argue about politics when 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 the last dog is hung and people are in jail, right? We'll we'll deal with that later. But this is a reality. This transcends uh, truth. Transcends politics. What he likes, Maxine Water. Uh, um, uh, Robert Davis still likes Maxine Waters. I don't. I, I don't think she's worth anything. So we have disagreements. But if you if you if you're a cop or been a cop, yeah, uh, chances are you're, you're maybe your partner was uh, as a cop. Maybe your partner was a, a different political party. But he's still got your back in, in the case of a shootout. That's the way it is here. All right. Good night. And God bless, Joe. All right. We have a, a few minutes left. I want to touch on this story, and well, hopefully we get more information about this. This is a pretty interesting, um, if what I'm reading is, is actually the way it went down. But Milo Yiannopoulos led a, and Pamela Geller led a protest against the sunny CUNY commencement speaker, Linda Sarzor, turns violent. Now, the, this is what the article states, and this is on Drudge and also the New York Daily News. A rally against CUNY School of Public Health commencement speaker ended in violence Thursday when demonstrators clashed with counter-protesters. The scuffle broke out after an unlikely band of protesters, including conservative provocateur Pam Geller, Assemblyman Dov Hickend, and alt-right bad boy Milo Yiannopoulos, blasted CUNY's decision to select civil rights activist Linda Sazor. Now, she's not a, sin- sin- a civil rights activist. She's a terrorist sympathizer. Uh, a small group of demonstrators chanting, Make America Great Again, Surrounded the rough and roughed up 19-year-old counter-protester Heather Morris. Anyway, I don't, I don't know what what actually happened, but uh, the Heather Morris, who is one of the counter-protesters, as they're putting it, says, "Oh, they're a bunch of Nazis. They targeted me because I'm young and I'm brown." But no arrests were made, and um, this is a tactic that these people on the left have been using. We've seen. Uh, you know, Milo himself, the violent riots that happened in Berkeley when he went there to speak. We saw um, Ann Coulter not being able to speak due to, you know, protests and a concern for her safety. And that was secondary to the university not wanting her to um, be able to give the speech. But this is what we have to do. If, if, if uh, And I'm not talking about the violence. I'm talking about showing up and protesting as, you know, we saw just this last week what Mike Pence giving the commencement speech in Notre Dame a number of students turned their back on him and walked out and one of the great points I, I heard about that was you know this was all on video and these people who who walked out um, you know they're graduating from college to go look for employment and you know is this something that employers uh, will find and maybe determine that these people aren't people that they should hire if they're so easily offended or, um, you know, get triggered by the presence of somebody they disagree with or an opposing viewpoint. It seems that these universities continue to pander to uh, these social justice warriors, political correctness, and, you know, whatever, it's college. But it's not setting people up to be able to be successful in life because nowhere in life, in the real world, are you going to be able to go somewhere and every time you're offended find a safe space you know, uh, cry, melt down, say you're triggered and have your feelings hurt. In everyday life, your feelings are going to be hurt on a regular basis. You got to develop the tough skin and learn how to deal with it. And political correctness really is, is killing people at this point. I don't know how many people saw the reactions on, on mainstream media from European media and our uh, own media here 
from MSNBC to ABC to even Twitter, people were more concerned after the Manchester attack about hurting the sensibilities of Muslims rather than the victims that were killed in those attacks. Absolute insanity. You have 22 uh, many children killed and and, uh, 50 or more people wounded, but you're worried that anti-Muslim speech or Islamic backlash, you know, that's the biggest concern. There's obviously a huge disconnect and, and major problems with that mindset. We've reached the end of the show. Don't forget, tomorrow we have a fantastic show lined up. Randall Terry will be our guest for a half hour in our second segment, 7.30 to 8. And then Pastor David Langford and Steve Quayle will be with us from 8 to 10 tomorrow evening. Don't miss that show. It'll be fantastic. want to thank John B. Wells. want to thank Liz Crokin and Alicia Powell. want to thank John and Eve Gonzalez and George Webb and uh, Jerome Corsi for tonight's show. That'll do it for us tonight. Until tomorrow, stay safe. God bless. Have a great evening. 